Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. So yesterday we had an incredibly special show. Uh, I started with the first hour reading poetry uh, of soldiers, of, of war, of, of all kinds of things. Uh, not, not the glorifying kind, although I did read the... the um, the charge of the light brigade, just as an example of how not to describe a war, um, celebrating the deaths of, of you know, thousands of people for no reason. Um, but it was it was really quite interesting. And then we had the pleasure of having Catherine Arnett on for two hours. In fact, she's back on now. <laughs> so this is great. So I got Brianna and I've got Catherine and I'm going to let them do most of the talking here. So let me get to Brianna's theme and we'll get started with government inquiry. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Oh, I hear you shuffling papers there in the background. You, you organized yet? <laughs> Just teasing you. <laughs> Good morning, Brianna. Yeah. Good morning. I just have to get on the computer because this is being really slow. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's still on holiday from yesterday. Um, let's bring on uh, Catherine Arnett, who was our, our special guest yesterday. And uh, like, I, like I told her off the air, we've, we've talked about her story, and I don't want to have her relive it every single day she's on. Uh, Catherine, you're welcome to call in every day this week. You can meet the whole, whole crew here now that you're, that you're part of our family. Um, but we talked yesterday a little bit about uh, Deep State, January 6th, things like that. Um, but I figure, Brianna, you can always do what you have prepared. And if you two get off on different tangents, feel free. That's what we do here. Um, so, Catherine, welcome back. How are you doing? Good morning, Greg. Hi, I'm good. How are y'all? Having a great time. Um, Brianna, I'm going to let you kind of start here. And just uh, let's get into your report. And, Catherine, just feel free to listen, ask questions as you, you see fit and um, – you know me, I'm going to ask impossible questions like I always do. So, Brianna, what's on your mind this week? Yeah, she knows. She knows what's coming. It's like, this, is a, this is one of the fastest hours that we do all week. So uh, where do you want to start, Brianna? Um, so, actually, it's answering a question from a couple of weeks ago. Um, okay. Well, okay. That's fine. Yeah, we, we, we never catch the... up. It's just an, it's an ongoing show here. Yeah, just, we never, you know. Yeah. Anyway, back to you. So, yeah. um, the question was, what all countries have instituted the CBDC, um, which is um, Central Bank of Digital Currency? So, if you go to, if you pull up your computer, and I can tell you like the exact link to type in, it's AtlanticCouncil.org/slash/CBDCTracker/slash. Atlantic, what was that one more time? I had to reach around my microphone. AtlanticCouncil.org slash CBDC tracker 
flash. All right, let's see what comes up. But again, you usually read from these things pretty carefully, so I don't have to have the exact website, but got it. And Catherine, feel free to participate too. And we also have live chat if anybody wants to join us. Oh, this is interesting. How graphic of them. This is pretty dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> this is like something out of the Matrix. Right <laughs> what have you got for me here? Yeah, Seven and like they have like the main screen. This is like yep. scroll to explore. And you just go right. down like one slide and it has the map with all the dots. Okay, got it. Oh, wow. So those listening on podcasts, you can do this too. And so uh, if you miss the website, just you know, rewind the podcast a little bit and just, wow, that's a lot of dots. So what am I looking at? So you can actually click them and go into the descriptions for each one. So there's like okay. there's one in the United States. Right. I see it. So status development, uh, what's the use case both and uh, architecture intermediated? I have no idea what that means. Looks like it's around Washington, D.C., which I would expect. Like a Bermuda? We got, oh, actually, another one in the United States, too. We got Miami. No, that's the Bahamas. So they have a place, Mexico. It's all over the world. Uh, I don't see any place where it's not. Although Australia seems to have one right in the middle of the desert. That's Alice Springs. That's not a place you want to be. Huh. One in North Korea, too. So I'm going to go ahead and read. Hey, how do we get one in North Korea? Yeah, North Korea is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've yeah. got a communist society in North Korea. I really like being isolated, so, yeah. <laughs> not apparently. Um, the isolated countries in Mongolia, they don't have one. Taiwan has one. Hey, Catherine, have you seen, do you have the screen up on your, uh, on your computer? Yes, I do. I'm trying to find the global map again. Just scroll down. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is where I'm pointing these places from. Uh, I think Iceland. Yeah, we got Iceland. Not too many in Africa. Um, but all over, there's a lot in Saudi Arabia. Is that the petrodollars? Brianna, what do you think about so many being in Saudi Arabia? Um, I'm not actually too surprised. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, we got but, Kenya, I mean, Tanzania. One of the things that like, really stand out, though, uh-huh. is, you know, I think it's more of like the color coding. Because, you know, the United States and Canada and some of the other countries are a lot bigger. So when you look at those, they are, like, fully colored. And in Africa, there's so many different countries that so much of it is white. It, like, really stands out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're devoid of uh, – well, Africa is a fascinating place. Um, it's interesting. they got uh, South Africa colored the same as some of the other places like Australia and it uh, looks like most of uh, Russia and China and India, which is where most of the population of the world is. That's fascinating. So what do you, what do you think this is all leading to? Are they, do they think this is all predetermined? Do they think that we have no choice? Do they think they can just impose this upon us? What's, uh, I guess we've got key findings. Is what we can look at, but where where do you think they're going with this? Well, what they've done is they've posted um, on the website, not Atlantic Council, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the UN and the World Economic Forum. I think it might have been the World Economic Forum, but um, I don't have it up because I it was I think a week or two or three ago. But they had said that they had gotten like 190 plus countries to sign on. And at one point they said they got all the countries that they needed to sign on. So they're wanting everybody to be on board with this. Um, and actually there's something. Um, remember when I was talking about Alice Bailey? Yes. It was quite a while ago. 
at the beginning. Okay. But let's refresh everybody. Let's get Catherine caught up, too. Who's Alice Bailey? So Alice Bailey was from, like, the 1940s. She was one of those people that kind of helped start up this kind of globalist thought within the mm-hmm. United Nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pure evil. Um, she there, there There's ten points that um, she had, and the UN still has them up. Um, mm-hmm. The United Nations still has them up for, like, instituting what they call the New World Order, which is this globalist, mm-hmm. communist, pure evil, end-of-the-world kind of society. Um, yep. I, I can go ahead and read the ten points. Um, well, well, let's do that, and then I want to, like, get Catherine in the conversation, too, because, like I said, I was talking, sort of joking with her earlier, that they don't have a course in Deep State 101 uh, in the Marines. Certainly not, uh, you know, in boot camp. So, Catherine, let's let's go through the, the ten, and then you guys can talk a little bit and um, see what you can figure out. Feel free. Okay. Brianna? All right. So it says, number one is to take God and prayer out of the education system. They've done. Check. Number two, reduce parental authority over children. They're doing that. Check. Hmm. Number three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional family structure. They're doing that. Number four, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and easy. Number five, which they've done. Number five, divorce, uh, making divorce easy and legal and free people from the concept of marriage for life. They've done that. Well, not for, uh, not easy, but they made it legal. And then number six is to make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. They've done that. Wow. Number seven is to debase art and make it run mad, which um, mm-hmm. I guess in another terms is basically like control, like, um, the things that people are seeing, like within, you know, mm-hmm. images, graphics, books, all that kind of stuff. Um, number eight is use the media to promote and change the mindset. Number nine is to create interfaith movement where there is no God and what they institute is humanism. And um, I don't know if you've heard about the new Ten Commandments where a bunch of these uh, religious leaders around the world had gotten together at the summit. I don't even know how long ago it was. It was quite a while ago. But they created a new Ten Commandments. I'll have to pull that up. But um, Yeah, we can do both. This would be a great hour to take these ten points, and then let's, we can do the ten points. I'm curious, as, as I'll get out now, to find out what the, what the new Ten Commandments could possibly be. Um, Catherine, you, you want to react to any of these? And then we, we can take them one by one because the, the, each one of these uh, is a conspiracy. Of, no, of, there's uh, one more. Oh, there's one more? I thought that was 10. Okay. What's the last one? I got 10. I must have misnumbered. Get government to make all the laws and have the church endorse all their changes. Ooh, that's interesting. So you can see where Action Radio fits into this, right, where the people actually write the laws that we consent to be governed by, and we use our juries to overturn the laws we don't consent to. I mean, you can see where we fit right into this, right, Brianna? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Catherine? All I can say is, wow, that is chilling. That's exactly what's going on right now. And and honestly, I thought the things like, uh, what do you call it, the Georgia guidelines or something, I thought that was, you know, eerily and um, terribly prophetic, but I had no idea about this 10-point plan. And Thank you for uh, educating me on it. Uh, Miss Brianna. By the way, nice to meet you, uh, Brianna. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah. 
So that's what we do here at Action Radio. We bring people together who would never meet any other way. It's it's really quite fascinating, especially you take yesterday's show, too. Brianna, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, it's just scary because they've been doing this for years and years and years. And um, I think it was last year, the week before, we went over, like, ideological subversion, which is one of the ways they're able to implement these things so easily. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. so dystopian to learn about all the things that the UN and the World Economic Forum is planning, like the Agenda 2030. Um, I mean, th- these things are dystopian, but they're doing it, and they have been. Yeah, and the worst part is they have no authority to do it. We have a constitution. It is the supreme law of the land. Uh, the Senate can negotiate a treaty with the president with different uh, nations, but they can't do it with international organizations as far as I know. That's not in the Constitution. And so it, it's like it's a conspiracy of ignorance. They don't tell people that they can't do it. They just do it anyway and, and just impose it. It's like the Supreme Court making law. You know, all the things that they've decided for this country, from Roe v. Wade to gay marriage to everything else that they've, they've done, uh, having us pay for the education of illegal aliens, you know, by court decision. None of that's constitutional. None of that's illegal. And one of the biggest things I hope that we get, you know, we get millions of listeners, which I believe we will, is that we'll be able to tell people that you've been lied to horribly. You know, and this is just this is all part of it. And, and what's interesting to me is, is Catherine, you know, as a Marine who took an oath to support and defend the Constitution. Um, and I hear from people, from veterans over and over, that that's a lifetime commitment. That doesn't just end when service ends. That just that, that keeps going. But yet the military, I was listening to this horrible report last night about how it's all being, you know, woke and, and you don't get the real knowledge of what's going on. It's basically breaking down by race and, you know, critical race theory and things like that. But the military, more than anything, needs to know this kind of stuff, you needs to know what you're fighting for and potentially dying for. You know, if you're, if you're fighting for our freedom and the country isn't free, that's got to be one hell of a contradiction. Now, Catherine, do you want to react to that? And we can get back to uh, Brianna. Yeah, absolutely. No, the, the contradiction is, is very, uh, very much there. Um, it landed me in uh, landed me in the brig for 113 days. Um, yes, yeah, that's all I can really say on that. It's uh, no, that's fine. I, well, yeah, I didn't expect you to talk about your situation so much. Um, like I say, I do want to. No, 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 no. I, I won't, I won't idea talk of, about that too much. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, that it's definitely there. That contradiction is most certainly there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that can't be helpful to our. So choices. interestingly. Brianna, yeah, go ahead. Um, like, I don't have the contract up or anything or how it actually happened, but mm-hmm. they said that the United States had actually signed on with Obama. Mm. Yeah, we need to look that up because I'd be curious because so, he couldn't do that. He could not. It's like the, the climate yeah. change treaties and some of these other. And everybody's all panicked about the who taking us over, you know, saying that all our rights are going to be gone in the next pandemic. No, our rights weren't even gone during the last pandemic. And, you know, we made videos of that. I've, I've done, you know, all, I, I devoted many, many shows to the fact the Constitution, as Pianchi says, doesn't have an on and an off switch. It's always in force. Your rights yeah. can never be taken away I in the worst was- pandemic and the worst war. We still have our rights. Go ahead. If I was to just assume, I think mm-hmm. it was probably with that Paris Agreement or around that situation. Because the Paris Agreement is a, just a complete globalist fraudulent thing that's just taking money away from us. So We can go over that, too. That's, because that's a lot of it is, is socialism. It, is not, it actually has very little to do with climate. I'd forgotten that, so thanks for reminding me. But I do remember 
you know, that there's, a, there's a, just a, a bunch of crazy stuff in there. Um, question on this, this Alice um, Bay in the 1940s. Now, of course, World War II was in the 1940s. You know, it started 19, actually started 1937 when Japan attacked um, uh, Manchuria uh, and China. And 1939 was the invasion of Poland by Hitler. And so it, we were involved after Pearl Harbor, which is December 7th, 1941. But during this time, it seems to me that the globalists, we're also putting this all together because the UN was formed in San Francisco in 1945 and the war didn't end until yeah. after the atomic bombs were dropped. And that was in August. So were these people already meeting during the war? That's what I'm curious about. Cause in a, in a wartime situation, you've got all kinds of, of secrecy, security. Uh, they had wage price controls, rationing. I mean, all kinds of stuff was going on. How are the, were these people meeting, you know, planning for a future, uh, just like they they planned the League of Nations in World War One, which is Wilson's big thing, which didn't work. Do you know anything about that? About the timing? Yeah, well, of this? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that even beforehand, I think even like with the League of Nations, I may have been a thought because the idea of having a one world government, it's not like a, a new thing, and it hasn't just been in this century. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible says it's it's going to happen in the future. You know, it's not a new idea. You know, it's already have, has been tried. But I think what happened, I think what we're seeing now is, like, the wheels in motion in many different places. I think we're hitting that, like, um, what's the word for it? Like, not a splurge, but um, basically like the height of it, where they're finally getting into motion, where they think they can actually accomplish this. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we might be able to stop it from happening. It will happen at some point, but we don't know when. But we can do our best not to have to. Mm, nobody be so cynical, you know. I just, I, especially, you know, your generation. I need you as optimists because, you know, it, as a solar form, supposed to be cynical, and I'm not. I'm in, I'm incredibly optimistic. You know, just the fact that this idea got planted in my head back in 2014 that we the people are actually going to start writing our own legislation and advocating it, and now I see what's going on. It, it, the timing is amazing. You want to talk about, you know, God intervention uh, in what's going on here? But uh, this is this is this is the peaceful revolution, and this is where it starts. Uh, and this whole idea that we can take over this and, and write our own legislation and still with the Constitution, I want to make it very clear, we're not talking about any overthrow or, or violent or imposing anything. We're going to work strictly within the Constitution, but we're also going to advocate you know, as strongly as possible our positions because I believe they're right. Um, and I hope millions of other people do, too. And so that's how we're going to be able to do that. But the idea of a world government, you know, you, you need to resist the world government. You need to resist it everywhere. And someone says, oh, you know, and, and just I'm, I'm not criticizing you, but just the, the idea that, well, it's inevitable. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I, this is something I need to talk to Wendy about, who's our, our minister, the idea that we have you will. And there's also things that are pretty much preordained. And I don't know where those two. Yeah, I believe you know, you're right. We, like, we can. Okay. Yeah, we can stop it. We we can prevent it. We try hard enough. Because mm-hmm. it might not be like a hundred or three hundred years until it happens. You know, mm-hmm. we can just try our best in those areas. But yeah. um, there's actually something from the map. Like if, when you go in and it talks about the United States in this, and okay. it's short, like two small paragraphs, no, three three small paragraphs, um, and they'll go into what the development and the both and the architecture and stuff is. So this is. 
that the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration have shown interest in a digital dollar. Individual Federal Reserve banks, such as the Federal Reserve of New York and Boston, are, pursu are pursuing prototypes for a U.S. CBDC for both wholesale and retail applications, which, if I was to inference what that is, that would mm -hmm. probably be the Fed now that they rolled out this month. What did they roll out this month? What's that again? And then called the what? Fed now. Fed now. What's F -E -D -N -O -W. that? F E D N O W. What's that? So it's basically the online dollar, and basically banks will institute it and transfer all your money against your will onto this. It's it's almost like the precursor of the CBDC. Okay. Basically. Mm. Yeah. Um. And so, what do you want to do? You want to check with your banks? Yeah, Fed now. And you want to check Catherine? with your bank to make sure that they have not switched over to this. And okay. I know they're really – supposedly they're going to be pushing this out in June, but they said they have earlier, like, rollout in May. So the next two months, really be looking for it and making sure that all your money is still your money and not put online for the government's control. Because in Canada, um, whenever they had all the uh, tractor and, like, the trucker what, – what do they call it? The, the rally, the – Oh, the Freedom Truckers? Hey, listen, we had a reporter, uh, yes. if I could look up the show with uh, um, uh, Jennifer Clark from, uh, she's a, a reporter from uh, Ottawa. She was on the show. She's very upset on the show, too. It was, it was amazing to hear. And she was right with uh, the Canadian truckers. And the, yeah, they cut off their money, they cut off their bank accounts. Like, how do you do that? You know, first of all, that's illegal. And secondly, how well, dare you? Yeah, go ahead. Well, what they did was they would get all of the license plates. They would try and, like, see all the license plates of all the trucks. And they'd go, they'd find that person, they'd find their account, and they'd have the bank shut them all down. Yeah, I wonder if it would be, be interesting to ask the police, why are you collecting license plates to shut these people's accounts down? You know what comes under? Just following orders. We talked about that yesterday. Everybody's just following orders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is where we end up. <clears throat> White coat Catherine? theory. Oh. Catherine, do you have a question? No, I'm sorry. I was clearing my throat. My bad. <laughs> okay. Well, I, yeah, see, I try and balance and go back and forth. That's all right. So, so don't worry about that. And again, we always step over each other. Um, Brianna, back to you. I, I guess I have a question about this. Is there a way for us to tell if our banks are doing it um, by the accounts, by things they post online? Um, and, and what do you, what kind of advice you got for us? How do we check this out? So really, I don't know the best way to go about it. But I would okay. say, like, if they have websites, go and check there. Um, check, like, um, news keywords and maybe, like, direct calls or direct contact. And that's mm. the only really things that I can think of to make sure of it because I don't know if there's, like, a really tried and true way to go, like, into your bank account and see, like, an alert. Hey, all your money has been switched over online. But um, so, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the Federal Reserve itself took away our money. You know, when we went from U.S. dollars to Federal Reserve notes back in 1913, it's basically a, a private bank consortium that controls our money. I've never liked that. And I'm wondering if we can get rid of the Fed and actually transfer over to U.S. dollars. Part of the way something of doing that is our constitutional amendment uh, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Because if Congress doesn't borrow money and the money supply is stable, um, interest rates will be market and pretty stable also. There's no reason for a Fed. The sole purpose I see, uh, A, is to make money. But uh, they engineer inflation to give themselves 2 to 5 to 10% of our money uh, each year, reducing the value, causing people to have to make more loans, and causing prices to rise because the dollar is worth less. So if we can 
you know, stop Congress yeah. borrowing money. We can stop inflation. Um, there's no reason for the Fed. If we get rid of the Fed, then there's going to be no chance of a, of a, you know, a central bank digital currency because we won't even have a central bank. To me, that seems the best way to get rid of it. And this is part of the thing I want to talk to the, the Trump folks about because I believe we're going to have a four-year window to really bring us back to our founding. Uh, and this, this mm-hmm. is like a once-in-a-lifetime chance. And so I've, uh, I'm talking to the Trump folks I know, and um, this is part of me, it's maybe my big you know, push when I actually get to meet Donald Trump, hopefully soon. Uh, but say, look, this is it. This is the chance. You've got a billionaire who loves you know, America and us regular folks. That may never happen again. You've got someone who can't be bought, can't be bribed, uh, is impeccably honest, and absolutely loves this country. I've never seen that combination in one person you know, throughout history, <laughs> except now. Um, and so now it's the time to do this. Brianna, what do you think? I'll ask Catherine the same question. Do you think if the, the, yeah, that the real kind of idea? Go ahead. Oh yeah, that idea. Um, we have a, a group chat from Patriot Academy with a bunch of the alumni. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a lot of people, you know, that, that are talking, communicating, sharing their opinions. And you know, one of the things that they were talking about is like that exact thing. Like, the, no president is going to get in office and change everything. It's not going to happen. But what they will do, like if Trump was to get into president, they're talking about this in particular, like you were. It opens that four-year window where the people and um, the patriots can start doing things because the problem is much deeper than just the other presidents. You know, the problem is within our systems. It's within the bureaucracy. It's within, mm-hmm. you know, dark money. It's, it's within the globalists. It's within all of these secrets, basically. You know, it's not just the president. But having a good president opens it up for us to fix all that. Well, you can't do it without the president. You, you, you know, that's, that's the problem. Because president has veto power, and, mm-hmm. and that requires a, a two-thirds of Congress to override. You really need both houses of Congress, and you really need both houses not under control of the establishment of either party or the deep state. It's almost like we need the House Freedom Caucus running the House. We need some really decent senators you know, running the Senate, uh, and we need uh, President Trump. And, and then you know, and millions of people going, yes, this is possible. So we have to convince a whole lot of folks. Um, you should, we should talk for a minute about Patriot Academy. That's why you need the two-party you know, system. Well, I don't like the party system. I don't think we should have anybody. No one in office should be able to belong to a party. And I'll be covering this in the third hour. We got Josie in the in, this, in the next hour uh, for her report. But in the third hour, I'm going to be talking all about this this suicidal deal that uh, Kevin McDeepstate, as I call him, and illegal Brandon made. You know, I don't even think it's legal for these two to meet because legislation starts in the House. Uh, I mean, all all revenue bills start in the House, and you can't have the the Speaker of the House negotiating with the President. First of all, the Senate wasn't involved. There's no due process. There's no, um, you know, the, the Congress makes the legislation and then, you know, submits it to the president for signature or veto. But there's no negotiating. You don't, you don't yeah, go I back and forth. Yeah, I thought that was so weird. I, okay, well, tell yeah, me about I had to ask my dad about that. I was like, why does that happen? Like, why is it just him negotiating this? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no one's but talking about that. They're he all said talking that it still has the, to go through the House and Senate. But if it's so-called done deal. In other words, but the, the question is not, you know, shall we craft a bill in the House because this is where revenue starts? The question is, accept this by deal or the government shuts down, so you better do it. Otherwise, your party won't give you your campaign funds. It, that's an entirely different question. Yeah. Okay, Kat. Yeah. You to the puppet masters. Ex- oh, yeah. Good line. Mm, absolutely. Um. Am I like offering my opinion on how I see it or? You can do anything you want. I mean, this is, this is wide oh, okay. open here. 
Brianna and I get very I, uh, intense in our discussions, uh, which is great. And uh, this is one no, of my favorite I love parts. It. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like I said yesterday, just like I said yesterday, like I'm just like reveling and hearing other like-minded people just like go off on everything that like I think of, but I just haven't had the outlet to like talk about or like connect with like-minded people. Um, But yeah, no, definitely the next uh, election I definitely see is providing that window for the Patriots. and then I think after that four-year window, there's probably going to be something like a pushback even more sinister than this current four-year term that, that, that's that been going on is about to, to expire. So I think it's going to be a continual like pushback and pushback of just stronger and stronger, right and left, and then who knows, I'll oh, hell my hmm. break loose. Have, I just had a thought. Yeah. Um, Brianna is, uh, I don't know if Catherine's done any public, I don't think she's done any public speaking yet, but when the time comes, uh, do you think she could speak at Patriot Academy and maybe get involved with those folks? Yeah, I, um, like right on the website, they have contacts. I could probably send them a message. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I remember they had an alumni, like right after it ended, they sent out an alumni thing of like recommendations, but I didn't know anybody then. <laughs> I can see well, you do this now. <laughs> around here. You get yeah. to all kinds of people. Yeah. Uh, can you can you tell Catherine briefly what Patriot Academy is, and then we can uh, give her a better idea of what this is. It's a fabulous organization. That's how we found Brianna. Actually, Amber, who's disappeared from the show, I'd love to get her back on too. She's the one that found you for us, and good thing she did. But uh, Patriot Academy, can you give us a the quick rundown on that? Yes. So um, Patriot Academy was founded by Rick Green. And basically, there's different sections of it, but what I, what I first did was a class. It was called Biblical Citizenship at my church. And basically, it talked about our founding. You know, it talked about our Constitution. talked about how all of our founding fathers had the inspiration from the Bible. You know, that was our largest source in creating our Constitution was the Bible. It tells us how everything is so foundational. It, it really goes deep into it. And, well, whenever I did that, you know, I signed up. Um, and so they had my email, and I got an email telling me about the academy. And what it is, it's a Patriot Academy Student Leadership Congress. So I was like, oh, wait, there's more here. So they have different classes. Like, they have a constitutional defense, and they just have – they just create this new property. I think it's in, like, Fredericksburg, Texas, if I'm not wrong. Um, I might be wrong. Yeah, I'm not thing. sure. But, yeah. yeah. There's one in Maryland, they, but I don't um, know about Texas. opened up their con- – yeah, they opened up their constitutional defense classes, which is, like, a lot of, like, history and firearm training. Um, so they have different, like, options. But with this Patriot Academy Student Leadership Congress, what is, what's happening is, like, they have all the students six, ages 16 to 26 can come. And then any veterans, um, they will also come. There and they'll go. be in, like, a separate kind of – but it's kind of, like, separate but together. They, we both come in whenever they do all their presentations and everything. But the veterans go and do like a Senate kind of thing, while everybody else, we are kind of like a house. Mm-hmm. So it's basically oh, cool. a week-long academy. But before you go, you have homework where you have to uh, go through these videos and, and read these packets. But it's, it's really enjoyable homework. You know, I wish they had homework like this in school. But 
And what you have to do is you have to write your own bill. And they give you a template, and they're there to help if you need it. But you get a topic, and you put it on a format, and you create a bill. But it has to follow along with LIFT principles, which is um, the L is limited government, the I is individual liberties, the F is free enterprise or free market, because um, capitalism was termed by Karl Marx, uh, but the more foundational term for it is the free market. And then um, T is timeless truths, which is like morals and values and other things like that. And basically your bill has to fall on along those lines. And whenever you get there, you have committee and you have um, the floor. And when you go into committees, because it's like the most realistic mock legislative session. And whenever you go into the committees, you have your group of people who are like more, they try and get the bills that are more closely related. Um, and basically, people would filter your bill through those principles and through the Constitution, and you do the same for other bills whenever you would vote, like yay or nay. And then you go through the calendars committee, and you try and get your bill on the floor, and you try and pass it there, and basically do the same exact thing as you did on in committee on a bigger scale. And throughout all that, you have a bunch of speakers that come in, and um, they have this auditorium where you all come in. Um, they give morning devotionals and worship. Um, they have all different kinds of people coming in to talk. It, it's truly an amazing lineup. And we also have different workshops. Like we had one like an economy workshop. We had a campaigning workshop, um, something else. I don't even remember at this point. And, you know, they serve you meals and everything, and you stay like a block from the Capitol. So this all takes place in Texas state capitol for a week. So it's, it's really amazing. And their whole point is they want to equip, you know, young patriots because they want us to basically do what Greg is doing. They want us to change America and save it and bring back God and bring back freedom. And that's what their whole point is. I love that. That is, that is brilliant. That, that's, that's brilliant. I can't, I can't wait to attend someday at some point as a, as a veteran because that, that's, Wow, I'm kind of floored just to learn that that thing exists because I've been overseas for four years and I've just been seeing America devolve into madness and having a having a breath of fresh hope like that is is very nice to know about Miss Brianna. Yeah, and there's also something called Flashpoint Revival, um, and they've mm -hmm. been going around um, to like a bunch of different states. And they also have um, an online presence as well. And the founder has been a part of um, that in quite, quite a few times. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of that. But I know that's another thing that's been going around. What is it? Flashpoint Revival? Yes. Pulling that up right now. Now, what I want to do is, is if we can, Brianna, if you if you're in the chat room, so let's see if we can get all these folks that are Patriot Academy graduates to start being lobbyists, you know, all across the country, you know, because you guys you write bills, but they don't actually get submit to the legislature. It, it's a mock session. Well, let's turn that mock session into a real session. And so we have decent bills that you guys can present. In fact, if you, I don't know if you can present our own bills, you know, at uh, you know, in addition to your bill, say, look, well, there's. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, Action Radio, the Action Radio Citizen Legislature. We have vaccine product liability, an end to big tech censorship, a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. You know, we have a bill that disarms all the federal bureaucrats. 
well, I don't want to do that yet. I want to detail them over to ICE for a while. And then once we get rid of the illegals, then we'll, you know, then we'll take away their arms. You know, we have bills that ban uh, drug advertising except to health professionals. We've got, you know, bills, all kinds of stuff that uh, ends withholding while you're earning the, your, your standard deduction amount. And those are the kind of things that I think uh, if we can get the uh, Patriot Academy lobbyists in every state, you know, and, and a couple in Congress, uh, we could do amazing things. And then perhaps we could work together where you're actually writing bills that will be submit after Patriot Academy to these different state legislatures and, uh, and to Congress. Brianna? Yeah, I can uh, try and reach out to Abigail right after okay. this again. Sure. Yeah, no rush. Well, when's, Patriot, when's Patriot Academy this year? Um, it is July 30th to August 5th, I believe. Okay. We've got to get you an ID still, too. We have, we have uh, Action Radio IDs now. Uh, Marco's listening in the Netherlands. He, he's on live chat. And so, uh, um, Catherine, if you want to, and everybody else, too, if you go to live chat, if you go to the broadcast page, at the bottom of the page is live chat, and you get free accounts. You just sign in, and then you're all set to go. So we're in the Netherlands right now. <laughs> we're, we're actually all over the world. But uh, uh, I know Marco checked in with us, and he helps us out with all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of fun. All right, Brianna, where do you want to oh, – Catherine, go ahead. Is this live chat on your website? It's on the blogspotradio.com slash citizen action. Yeah, that's the okay. link that I sent you. So you can put that link in your okay. computer, and you look at the bottom of the page, and there it's probably it's fuzzy until you log in, then it becomes live. You can talk directly to Marco. In the, in, uh, um, oh, I see it. Okay, I yep. see it. There you go. Oh, oh, you, oh, you computer youngins. <laughs> you know how to do all that stuff. It's great. It really comes in handy. Uh, but Marco's fabulous, and so he tells us about the European news and, and looks up stuff for us and just is a really a huge addition to the show. Uh, so that's, that's wonderful. Um, Brianna, where do you want to – do you want to go back to those 10 points? Do you want to talk about the 10 new commandments? We've got about mm-hmm. 22 minutes before Josie gets here. What's your Yes, plan? I can do the 10 commandments, and I have a little bit more on um, the globalization and CBDC, and then just an interesting coincidence I think you'd like to hear about. But okay. I'll go back to the Let's hear them all. <laughs> Let's get all those in. <laughs> I mean, if we find time, I have something else that I might be for later. Um, okay. okay, it says here on thenewamerican.com, uh-huh. it says, the new Ten Commandments were listed as, we are stewards of this world, uh-huh. creation manifests divinity. Oh, no. What? Everything in life is interconnected. Do no harm. Look after tomorrow. Rise above ego for our world. Change our inner climate. Repent and return. (laughs) I'm sorry. What was the last one? Every action matters. Use mind and open heart. Wait, 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 wait. wait, Oh, my gosh. Who wrote this? Is, 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 is this a joke they did, or is this, uh, is this for real? Someone actually published this. It sounds like Earth Day, 1970. That's what it sounds like it's out of. No, this is their – well, what they did is they got a bunch of different religious leaders to come and create a new religion or a new team oh. for this. I mean, okay. I mean, I think they forgot what the Ten Commandments were. They were not <laughs> man-made, but – yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's fine. I should get Wendy on that. That's, that's, I think it's part of their, Wendy, um, Go ahead. Which yeah. one was it? Uh, <laughs> create interfaith movement. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, did you ever hear the song The Vatican Rag? 
um, by uh, no. uh, Tom Lehrer. Okay, so Tom Lehrer was a Harvard math professor back in the 60s. And he actually, he did these very sarcastic songs, Vatican Rag, and it's on National Brotherhood Week. But, um, you know, uh, that, the Vatican Rag was hysterical. No, I think it was, it was the National Brotherhood Week. Anyway, here's this one verse. Um, Protestants hate the, 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 the Catholics, and Catholics hate the Jews. It, it's funnier than that. Anyway, but it's just about you know, the whole idea of, uh, of everybody, you know, pretends to get along, but they really don't. <laughs> and so, so we're going so we're gonna, to we're gonna mix Islam and Christianity and come up with something, you know, somewhere in between. What, like, like Ramadan Easter? I don't think so. <laughs> it's going to be weird. But um, this sounds... Yeah. Well, they don't, what is no it God that Al Bailey said? Here, I have it somewhere in my book. Um, Al Bailey said... Go ahead. That no... This was the same, uh, same lady that we were talking about earlier. And okay. Weeks, weeks ago. And mm-hmm. she said, no one will enter the new world order unless he or she will make a pledge to worship Lucifer. No one will enter the new age unless he will take a Luciferian initiation, which I'm guessing that's kind of like the chip idea, is, is if what I would have to do if I to infer this. Well, and remember this when I was telling like you about Satanism. the Luciferian religion? This is, this is Satanism. Yeah, that's this exactly is like the opposite of Christianity. So, this is, so these are not the Ten Commandments. Yes, it's this the is, one this they is the Ten when... Opposite Commandments. You know, like the uh, yeah the satanic the satanic commandments. So look at it that way. How could religious leaders put this out? That's a contradiction. Yeah. Um, well, one hmm. of the things is like the Luciferian religion. I talked about it weeks and weeks ago, so it's probably not fresh in anybody's mind. But they were um, saying that some of the people they were saying, well, they could feel you know Lucifer entering them and stuff. And you know, I just can't imagine you know, what they're wanting here is people to willingly accept demons. That, that's exactly what it has, has been sounding like. That seems exactly like what they're doing when they were talking about this. You know, it's just a demonic cult. One of the things they said when they were creating this is that they twisted the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. What they did is they are like, oh, no, you know, God wasn't this graceful, just amazing um, God that you think he is. No, no, no. He was keeping Adam and Eve trapped in this garden, and the serpent saved them. That's what they are kind of twisting it to be. So. Yeah, no, this sounds fascinating. But, um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so real quick thing before I go into this other thing. Um, mm-hmm. You were talking about, like, the funny comment. It made me think of Ray Stevens. If you ever go and look into his songs, he's got really funny songs. Like the oh, yeah, squirrel yeah. went berserk. Yeah, those are fun. Anyways. Well, I'm going I'm to post Tom Lewis. Um, I didn't do him justice at all, but, uh, he, you know, um, he, he's, he's hysterical. Uh, so I think it was the National Brotherhood Week. Protestants hate the Catholics, and the Catholics hate the Protestants. And the Hindus hate the Muslims, and everybody hates the Jews by during National Brotherhood Week. Yeah, that's the song. I'll post it for you guys. Um, but satire is, is, is sorely lacking. In fact, I'm going to start an action radio comedy group. Uh, whereas it's the only group where anybody can post mm-hmm. anything they want. I'm not even going to prove it. Just go for it. Um, but I'll put some Tom Lehrer songs and some other things like that. <laughs> but we, we, should, we should talk about government comedy um, or, or satire because that's uh, – in fact, that's the best way to make fun of these people, ridicule them. They can't stand it. You know, Marxists and Satanists have no sense of humor. They just don't. You know, so Islam isn't much further behind. Did, did you see my uh, Substack article? Uh, on the uh, Islamic, uh, the Muslim women's uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Yeah. That was pure sarcasm. So yeah, 
Can't yeah. make fun of people. Yeah, I got What's that. the point? <laughs> okay, good. Um, all right, so so you got a bunch of things I know you want to cover. There is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's one more line from that, and I don't know who it came from, but it's part of this. And um, it was added, it says, you are the product of submissive government indoctrination disguised as education. I think that really sums that up. And I don't even know who said that quote. But um, I'm going to switch over to this thing back to where the CBDC was in the United States. Um, uh-huh. We're talking about, like, the Fed now idea. Um, okay, so here it says, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell have reaffirmed the United States' interest in a digital dollar. I don't know who they are or why they're representing that. Because I can tell you the American people aren't interested in a digital dollar. But anyway, so, so, yeah, you notice there's no bill in Congress. There's, there's no bill in Congress. They're, they're just doing this because it would never get through Congress because people would scream and yell. And so Jen, let, let, I'll give you a quick thing. Jerome Powell is head of the Fed. Uh, I think it's appointed by the president. Uh, I think the same thing with Treasury Secretary. Now, you would think that we'd only need one or the other. I mean, in fact, there's no reason for a Fed because we have a Treasury. But Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell are both part of this big lie that goes on all the time. I'll talk about this in the third hour also, that we have to, you know, raise the debt ceiling to meet our obligations. When the truth is, they made obligations above the debt ceiling, which was illegal. And now they're trying to you know, push the debt ceiling up to cover up their illegal spending previously. That's the truth. And so these people are liars. Yep. Um, they are just horrible folks. Uh, in fact, Catherine, you can ask your question directly on the air. <laughs> you can put it in live chat too, but I mean, just, this is a good question. What's de-dollarization? What's what? Brianna, have you heard of D? Well, Catherine, why don't you ask your question? And this is a good question because I'm not sure about it myself. De-dollarization, sure, what's that? Sure. De-dollarization is this concept that I heard of on TikTok the other day um, about, like, most countries in the world going back to, like, gold currency and American and the American dollar quickly losing its international value. So I just wanted to learn about de-dollarization and the things surrounding that. Um, so. I don't know. I haven't heard that term. Brianna, have you heard this? Um, I've heard that idea, but I've never heard, heard it used in a term form. But, yeah, I've heard okay. that idea. Okay. But I don't think it's gold, though. I think it's just away from the uh, American currency. I think uh, China's yuan, I think that's what it's called, is, uh, is the, the, okay. what they're trying to replace it with. And the problem with the American currency mm-hmm. is it keeps being worth less because there's so much more printed. Yep. We could make American mm-hmm. currency the dominant currency again by simply stabilizing the value. You know, we start pulling it out uh, of the economy. In fact, if we take... They've added, what, some $20 trillion in extra currency when they throw all this borrowing. So what we need to do is pull back the currency, stop spending the money, and have the dollars that are out there worth even more. And that's how we do it. Um, here we go. To, uh, Marco says, CBDC will eventually be used as a replacement for the dollar and euro and, and stuff. That's what they're trying to because the government wants to control all, all market transactions. That's worldwide communism. I mean, that is insane. Yeah, I actually have some... Go ahead. They actually have some on Nigeria doing that because that was a, hmm. a really tough story. Um, what was that? But I'm going to go through the rest of this real fast. Okay. It's kind of short, but then I'll tell you about Nigeria. Okay. Um, it says – sorry, I didn't hear that. I was saying, please, yeah, that, that sounds interesting. That's all. Oh, Okay. <laughs> 
This is at the New York Times Deal Book Conference in response to our tracker, Secretary Yellen said, I think it, talking about the digital dollar, could result in faster, safer, and cheaper payments, which I think are important goals. During a testimony before the Senate Banking Committee, Powell, Powell began by confirming, we are looking carefully, very carefully, at the question of whether we should issue a digital dollar. Uh, and it, it may have been something that was presented in Congress, because there's thousands of things that are proposed in Congress a year, but most of them mm -hmm. the American people never heard about and never will hear about. Um, and this says, the individual Federal Reserve banks are also partnering with various stakeholders on their research. The New York Fed is working with the Bank of International Settlements to identify critical trends in financial technology relevant to central banks. And this kind of reminds me, there's, there's like the World Bank, and then there's the Central Bank of World Banks, which is like above that. And that Central Bank, or that World Bank is above all the other banks in the world. It's a evil ladder. Um, and then it says, the, uh, where did I leave off? The Federal Reserve Bank of Boston is collaborating with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's Digital Dollar Initiative on Project Hamilton. The findings of the first phase of Project Hamilton indicated that the processor could bring 99% of transactions to completion in under five seconds and could settle between 170,000 and 1.7 million transactions per second in addition to the government-led developments. There are also several private sector projects exploring different models of digital dollars. In March of 2022, the Biden administration signed an executive order on ensuring responsible innovation in digital assets. The EO calls for reinforcing American leadership in the financial system, maintaining the stability of the financial system, and exploring the possible CBDC. The order encourages research efforts of the Feds, calls efforts by the United States, calls for U.S. involvement and cross-border multilateral testing and promotes standard-setting efforts by the United States. In May of 2022, the Vice Chair of the Federal Reserve Board of Governors, Leo Brainard, testified to Congress regarding the Fed's authority to issue a CBDC. She also expressed concerns that given developments in Europe, the United States might fall behind on the new technological advances, advantages of CBDCs. In September of 2022, seven reports were released which dove into the issues of consumer and investor protection, illicit finance and environmental risk mitigation, design principles for the U.S. CBDC and U.S. leadership in digital asset technology. In, in November of 2022, the Federal Reserve of New York announced Project CEDAR, which tested wholesale application of the CBDC. Wow. Okay. No, that's that's a mouthful. That's plenty, Catherine. Uh, and then I got a I got a big question for Brianna. Oh. Got a reaction to that? Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to answer. I mean, you can always pass. We, I just I want to make sure everybody's included. Did you have a reaction to that, Brianna? Which, a... which website? Which website was that again? AtlanticCouncil.org. Oh, that was the Atlantic Council one. That's the big one to start with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pianki had a comment here, and oh, it's no. you're going to talk about Nigeria because Pianki's uh, um, ancestry is Nigerian, so it's interesting. Anyway, he says, according to the Office of Budget uh, and Management, I think it's Management and Budget, that's okay, uh, the interest on the U.S. debt 
uh, on this day uh, is uh, oh, actually in 2027. So we're talking about three, what, four years from now, 914 billion. U.S. revenue will be six trillion. U.S. deficit will be 1.5 trillion. One source says debt interest will be 1.72 trillion. Defense budget uh, is 907 billion. So in other words, the interest on the national debt uh, is going to rapidly exceed our entire defense budget. That's insane. Here's my big question. You ready, Brianna? Yeah. All right. If, yeah. If the Fed and maybe a world organization controls the entire currency through central bank digital currency, can they then control the currency in Congress? In other words, can they tell Congress what they can and not spend money on? If Congress appropriates money and the CBDC Fed World Board says, I'm sorry, we're not going to spend that money on defense. We're not going to do that. We, we, need, we need climate change. <laughs> you know, um, would this be a way for, and you may not know the answer to this, this might require some investigation, but would this be a way for the central banks to not only control our currency, but control our government and all government spending? Because they'd have the accounts. They could do whatever they wanted. That's my scary thought for today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole point of going over it, going into the CBDC, I mean, this is like a, a World Economic Forum, United Nations kind of implemented thing. You know, this isn't a um, uh, just an American thing. It's not something that's just going in individual countries. This is a huge globalizer. If they put every single person on the same process of currency and then they can control everything, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this will take me into the Nigeria story because that's like kind of what we've been fearing. So here I'll start from the top because my notes are a little scattered on this. Um, okay. I didn't actually no, prepare that. But they're now <laughs> yeah. cashless, wing it. and they went to this. Yeah. <laughs> they went to the CBDC in October of 2021. Um, at the beginning, less than five percent had signed up, or less than point percent had even signed up. So then what they did is they limited how much cash can be withdrawn, which is what Europe is doing now. If I'm not mistaken, Um, where it was no more than $44 a week. What? And then, yeah. But they use, I think they said $40 an average a day, I think was it. So they're saying you can't withdraw. The average Nigerian needs $40 a day to survive. But then they limited a cash withdrawal to $44 a week, which means they will not have enough cash on hand to last two days. That can't work. And then, uh, uh, why is it, why is Nigeria nope. putting up with this nonsense? Listen, this is where, this is where we get Pianki to call in. Pianki, if you want to call in, this would be a great uh, a great time to do so. Yeah, there's a little bit more to it. Okay, no, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, banks were starting to issue new banknotes. But they stopped. Um, but like they're saying, the government's going to issue like a different, a new kind of banknotes. But they're like, eh, yeah, I know, and they stopped it. And so whenever they did that, they had uh, a 60% increase in the CBDC because that's the only way the people could really um, get in, uh, get any kind of currency because they banned cash in October of 2022. They banned and cash. Then, um, they actually children... banned cash, right? Yes. I heard that correctly. Okay. Yes. All right. And so a lot of children started to starve. And that, that's one of the biggest things of the huge increase. 
And this is exactly what we're fearing. And now they're trying to push it in uh, Europe. I don't know if it's in all the countries of Europe or just Britain. I don't really know exactly how that's going to work. Marco, maybe on a break, but if you're still there, Marco, yeah, let us know what's going on in Europe. Don't you love that? I just asked a question on a microphone here in Florida, and I get an answer back in, like, seconds. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me. Um, Catherine, does this change your perspective on anything, hearing all this stuff? Change? More, more confirm. It, it's more okay. confirmation. Um, okay. These are things that I've had inklings of. Um, it's actually exposing... Um, my knowledge to the fact that, yeah, these are like set in stone things that I'm not crazy for, you know, worrying, quote unquote, worrying about, you know, the Great Reset, 2030, the CBDC thing, that Mm -hmm. I'm going to look into that. I'm I'm definitely going to go on that website and click on all the countries. Yeah. So more confirmation. That's interesting. Um, in fact, I did a show, I've forgotten when, maybe in the last two or three weeks, on, on why CBDC is unconstitutional. And so this is a way that Congress could fight it if they want to. But now that I'm, I'm sort of hit this revelation that, as Brianna's describing it, there's no reason to think that they couldn't, if they can control everybody's account, they could control the accounts of Congress. They could control the accounts of the federal government. The, the Congress would become obsolete. I can't see them letting that happen, but it depends. You know, everything's being run by the parties now, and the parties are involved in the deep state, and the deep state is connected to, you know, these these world government globalists. I don't know if they're funding. It'd be something interesting to find out is, you know, how much uh, funding for the Democrats and Republicans comes from outside international sources, uh, especially if they're connected to world government people. That would not be a surprise to me. Um, but this is this is definitely, you know, where we have to fight this. And I think one of the best ways is to start looking at getting rid of the Fed. Can well, here's a question, Brianna. Can we have a CBDC, a central bank digital currency, without a Fed? In other words, if we go after the Fed, is that one of the best ways to prevent this from happening here? What do you think? And you may not know um, that. Like in terms of like the Federal Reserve, I mean, the Federal right. Reserve wasn't even constitutionally established. Technically, right. it's legally established. Um, mm-hmm. but that, that one's more of like a widely known kind of idea there. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's something where you have to get absolutely everybody on board or start, right? And if you have that centralized government who controls your money, it's easy. So, I mean, nothing's impossible if these evil people try hard enough, but I definitely think it's much more plausible to say it won't happen if we didn't have that and people just had their own transactions. And we had a treasury where actually real money was. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That's going to be a whole different thing, too. Huh. Pianchi says the also, states would have to I step in to bring it under control. Little, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, was, uh, let me, I Pianchi, have a fun little something. conspiracy right, to share. Oh, with good. You. The conspiracy du jour. Let's let's hear it. We we need like a theme for that. And now the conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, let, let, let me get the going. Hang on a second. Let me scroll down for a second here. One of my many sound effects. Um, so let's take a second here. Uh, where is it? Oh, it's probably under Chinese instead of Gong. Uh, ah, no, that's not it. <laughs> Ah, here we go. And now the conspiracy of the day. Brianna. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> high level, you would. <laughs> yeah. Who gave you control of the buttons? 
Uh, I'm the boss. High level, I gave, you know. I gave me control of the buttons. <laughs> I'm sitting right here on my computer screen. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. All right. It says high level U.S. politicians were vacationing on Memorial Day weekend, so this weekend, with their families at undisclosed continuity of government locations, which I don't know what that means. Somebody said it's probably a bunker, but I really don't know what that means. But which means they they were uh, not technically on vacation if they're still doing government stuff. Uh But somebody had lined up coincidences. Here's the coincidences. At the same time. Mm-hmm. That was when 30 tons of explosives were missing, and they are still missing at that point whenever they decided to go. And then $290 million worth of anti-radiation meds were purchased. Senators, all senators, were given satellite phones for emergency communications, and Microsoft claims that Chinese hackers attacked critical United States software infrastructure. Oh, Well, I heard about the satellite phones. I will have... I heard, I heard about the satellite phones. I thought it yeah. was so that uh, so the globalists could call Congress directly and give them instructions. That's what I thought it was for. Sorry. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know what they're for, but <laughs> well, you know, why why do, why do they need a satellite phone? Why don't they buy their own phone? Obviously, they're linked to the same yeah. organization or or group that's that's doing this, that's paying for it. It's like that's a gift that that comes under whatever the gift act is. What was the last thing you said? I think I, I kind of stepped on yeah. here. Oh, for next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about the man in black, which I think is pretty interesting. Ooh, yeah, of course. I, I find everything you talk about interesting. This is why it's so much fun. We, you know, we didn't, <laughs> didn't even get to our first, you know, 10, 10 points here, but we actually, I guess we kind of agree on what those problems are. Um, this is fascinating. So we're going to need to look into that. Catherine, if you want to check back on my show on, on why CBDC is, is uh, unconstitutional. Um, I think I proved on many points. There's no due process. There's no, you know, it's, it's it's a foreign body. You know, the Constitution is still the supreme law of the land, and all revenue bills have to start in the House. So any CBC, CBDC bill would have to start in the House also, because that's revenue, that's our money, and so all these ways, these things are, are uh, you know, completely abridging all of our processes. Brianna, did you find anybody against this? Have you come across any groups that are that are dedicated to overturning this whole thing? And keeping cash. Um, yeah, there, there's many of them. A lot of them are actually like those people that um, are trying to reset the gold standard. A lot of people that okay. are selling gold. A lot of patriot groups are speaking out against it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of people really hate this idea. Um, for active organizations that are like, I don't even know, because I haven't really heard of any that's like going in and like destroying this or anything, but I'm not saying mm. it's not out there. But okay. I, I do know that there's a lot of talk against it. Yeah, I just wonder if we have enough gold for a gold standard. I mean, how much gold do we have? Um, to me, it's not as important. To, and I'll ask Catherine the same question. It's not as important. Well, actually, for both of you, it's not as important to me to to uh, have gold for every dollar that we have. In other words, you can exchange a dollar for gold. What is more important to me is to stabilize the currency at a certain level. So in other words, if we pick, uh, say, Trump's first year, uh, 2017, whatever the money supply was in 2017, we take all the currency out from, from Brandon, illegal, I'm calling him illegal Brandon now, illegal Brandon's trillions. <laughs> you like that name, illegal Brandon? You can use it. And Catherine, you can use all the stuff we have on the show. You know, Joy Six is no, the Capitol Hill invitational walk-in. You know, Dr. Fascist, you know who that is. 
Uh, we don't say fossil fuels anymore. They're organic fuels. What else? Are, what, what are the, some of the Gregisms? <laughs> it's like, oh, we, we make up new terms. Gregisms? Yeah, Gregisms. Yeah, it's my new term for my new terms. <laughs> Sorry. But now the latest one is illegal branding. So illegal branding. Um, well, here's a really interesting theoretical hypothetical for, for Catherine. If the federal government was stolen, as I'm convinced it is, but if it was stolen uh, by the deep state, and Trump's actually the president, which I also believe, and the president is not the president, therefore the commander-in-chief is not the commander-in-chief. Is any order issued by Brandon constitutional, and does it have to be followed? You don't have to answer that, but you can. (laughs) I just wanted to pose the question. No, it's a brilliant, brilliant question. Um, I have my moments. We have the the right to scrutinize everything as constitutional or unconstitutional. That's all I can Mm -hmm. say. And that's a brilliant train of logic, Greg. (laughs) Well, thank you. I I try to do as well as I can. Brianna, what do you think? If the president isn't the president, then the commander-in-chief is not the commander-in-chief. Then what? Um. Well, I think it might be kind of like, I don't know if it was you or somebody else who said, like, whenever we're in times of war, the president cannot be the commander-in-chief. No, no, I so think the president is only commander-in-chief under a declared war. In fact, I wrote an article on it. I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to republish that one. That would be a good one to do these days. So, C and C. Yeah, the president is not commander-in-chief um, until, until, well, I'll tell you what it says. I'm going to get Josie in line, too, so I'm going to make her line live, and then I'll play her theme. Uh, in just a second. And, but let me see where, where I put it in my constitution here. Article, that would be Article 2, the powers of the president. Article 2, 2, 2, 2. Let me rip through my constitution here. Now, let's see which section it is. Article 2 is kind of short. Article 1 is the biggest one because that's the governs the, uh, the Congress. Uh-huh. I, think it's, I think it's Section 2. Let me see if I can find it. Ah, here we go. The president shall be. In the future, right? A shall be is a term that is conditional upon some action happening. So it doesn't say the president shall. It says the president shall be commander-in-chief of the Army and Navy of the United States, comma, and of the militia of the several states, comma. That second comma is critical. President shall be commander-in-chief, I'll skip the other stuff, when called into the actual service of the United States. When is the president called into the actual service of the United States? In other words, military service. To me, that's a declaration of war. Yeah. So I, so I have argued that the president is not commander-in-chief until there is a declaration of war. So the last commander-in-chief was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Mm. Mm. Question. Still the fun you're having here, Catherine? Thought. Hey, Josie, Catherine's Quick back thought. again. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, yeah, that's kind okay. of stuff we talk about here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, have a, so, I have a quick thought on that. Sure. What about What about the whole COVID sphere? Because that's been a very covert and psychological war, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe uh, Brandon didn't, maybe Brandon didn't declare war, but maybe his actions were complicit in saying, you know, maybe her country is it some kind of covert yeah. war. No, I think you're honest. Thing. Did the deep state yeah. actually declare war on the American people and use COVID as a weapon? Yeah. That's what I'm going to write exactly. down now. Actually, um, Amber had sent a video, um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to like expose anything in case she's going to be talking about it on Friday. 
But she's not here on Friday. She hasn't been on the show of, for months. She, Amber hasn't been on the show for a long time. I'm trying to get her back. Mm-hmm. I messaged her, but I'd love to get her back. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. you, you won't be saying, yeah. Um, uh huh. Okay, so at the risk of it, then it was talking about um, the government committing treason. Um, I can send it to you, or I think you, you already have it because it, it was sent to the um, Instagram page. Is what she sent it to. Oh, well, I haven't checked it for a while. I got to check. It. I, I thought it was mostly the panels for the show. Well, wait, we need to get on to Josie's report because she's patiently waiting here. So let's get your your sign off. But of course, you're welcome to stay here, and then I'll play Josie's theme. And Catherine, of course, you can stick around as long as you feel like it. Uh, you're always welcome. Okay. Brianna. All right. This is Brianna Cannon with Government Inquiry on Action Radio. Goodbye. All right, you take care. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border, from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossey. Buenos dias, chica. ¿Cómo está? Buenos dias, good morning, dobre utra, if they're listening to in the Ukraine right now, one of my Guten friends, tag. I keep sending the, uh, the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. so let's you know, just, Greg, uh, um, go ahead. Mm-hmm. every time you play that little theme for me, it kind of it makes me like, wow, I can't believe I'm in America. I can't believe I've been here 51 years. I can't believe that I'm part of this great country that the criminals are trying to destroy over 150 years ago. So it's just sad, you know. What I I just cannot believe that this is happening to the United States of America, and it's happening worldwide too, not just to America. Um, so with that in mind, here this morning, I wanted to talk about Colombia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. In Colombia, they just had the uh, the new president, uh, Gustavo Petro, Mr. Petro, criminal, uh, uh, radical left, communist. So the Colombian people, uh, more and more people are coming out in the streets protesting against him because they know that uh, he really didn't win the election. The same thing that it happened in Brazil. And... Uh, all these people that voted for him, they're waking up now, like in here in the United States, uh, voting for uh, Brandon. Uh, but, you know, they know that the, the election was stolen in, in uh, Brazil, Colombia, Chile, including in Mexico when you and me talk about it back and forth. Yep, sure did. But you know, a little background noise. I think Brianna, if, if you, you might want to mute your line, uh, Brianna, until you, if you want to chat again with us, because I know she's still on, but uh, we getting a little rustling in the background. Mm-hmm. So if you're not talking, I want to do that um, just so it's clear. But yeah, Josie, this is huge. And it's not being reported by, by the American press. I don't even see it much in the foreign press. No. It's like South America is being ignored. It's, you know, you've got yeah. Venezuela, Colombia, Brazil, 
and in Central America Chile. too, Mexico, Chile. Chile. Uh, I don't know how Argentina Chile. is doing, but that's you know that's a huge country. I hope I pronounced right. Chile. That's how I pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Chile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't. You know, these elections are being stolen, and this should be worldwide news. Where is it? Unless they, they think, they they think this is the norm. They don't want you to know that how bad it is up there. Okay. Yeah. And Brandon doesn't want people from uh, Venezuela to come here. Uh, they're deporting many of them, like when they come to the border, you know, because okay, they've been suffering through communists, you know. Right. So well, Biden. That's what I want to ask uh, you. Why not Venezuelans? Yeah. I mean, they're they're people of color. They're brown people. You know, that, that illegal Brandon, we're calling him illegal Brandon now. It's not just Brandon, but illegal Brandon, because he shouldn't be there. He's illegal. Mm-hmm. He's an illegal uh, occupant of the White House. So illegal Brandon doesn't want Venezuela. He doesn't want Cubans either. He doesn't want anybody that knows about communism. It's fascinating. Absolutely. So not only, yeah, yeah, can you tell me more about that? What's, what's the, what are you hearing from maybe Spanish uh, news or, or Central South American news? What are they reporting on this? Yeah, what's happening is that... Uh, the Biden administration doesn't want anybody that comes from communists because that's exactly what they're seeing here, see? So he doesn't care if you're from uh, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, uh, uh, Africa, or some of those countries where there's not communist or, or, you know, any other country that is not communist. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of people, uh, Obama, before Obama left, he deported about 30,000 Cubans back to Mexico. So there is still, till this day, there's a lot of uh, Cubans. Uh, they already found jobs and things like that. That was told by one of my pastors in Cuba, Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the deal that Obama made with Castro when he went and visited. He told him that I promise you that before I leave, I'm going to deport a lot of Cubans back to Mexico. And he did. But a lot of people don't know. And Obama deported more people than any other president, I believe, uh, in this country back to uh, but the border, back though. to Mexico. But it's, they're all in. Mostly. But people don't know that. See, but the, the thing about, about Obama's deportations, they were selective. I mean, he was doing it for political reasons. He brought in 100,000 yeah. Afghanis from uh, Kabul, you know, after Brandon surrendered. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got all kinds of uh, Somalis, you know, in uh, Minnesota. They, they were brought in. Um, he's got these different communities of folks, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't want anybody that knows about communism and won't vote Democrat. You know, so he doesn't want Cubans. They don't want Venezuelans. No. Uh, this is fascinating. So this is very no. selective. So it's, it's selective yeah. illegal aliens, selectively done. Um, can you tell me more about that? Like I said, what, what's being reported? I'm just curious. Any other groups that uh, are not? Uh, and, and we have listeners. For those that don't know, we have listeners in Cuba or Cuba. Yeah. We, got we do have we do have some people listening in Cuba, yeah. Yep. Um, we we have well, Venezuela. But you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, Cubans not making it at all to the United States. They're being murdered by the cartels. Uh, Why so is that? Uh, are they being paid Venezuela. to kill Cubans? Are they being paid to kill Cubans for some uh, reason? The I'm cartels? not sure. I don't have evidence okay. of that right. yet, but. Okay. Uh, Something's going on because a lot of a lot of Cubans are not making it all the way. Uh, this young girl was telling me um, that she was in this uh, container with 150 people. I was talking to her in Miami a couple of weeks ago that I was there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she said it's a blessing that she made it and her husband. And she said I'm so happy that I didn't bring my four-year-old little boy because she witnessed, I will say about, I don't know if she said four or six kids 
drown because as they jump to get across uh, the river, uh, mm-hmm. the babies were falling off the arms of the moms or dads, and the cartels will turn around and punish them, grab them by the hair and say, you, a bad mom, and send her back uh, to Mexico. So they right. spend, and most most people are spending like $10,000 each to come to the United States. So their families here in Miami or any place in the United States are sending money for them to come across. Most of them are going to Nicaragua, where I was born, to come all the way across. And, and a lot of those uh, containers, uh, like cargo containers, are full of uh, illegals coming in. And some of the border patrols know exactly what's going on, so they let them in. So this particular one had 150. Some people were fainting, almost dying from that lack of breathing in the containers. No, no, nothing. You can go to the bathroom for eight hours, she said. Wow. And one of the cartels, uh, she's a beautiful girl, that girl that I was talking to. I got her information, her number, and everything to keep in touch with her in Miami. And, uh, and, and you know, she's already a manager, and she just mm-hmm. got here six months ago. She's already a manager of this little, one of the best little restaurants in an uh, area where I used to live in Miami because nobody wants to work. So they're giving the job to people that are just coming in because uh, uh, they're in so much need of help, and they speak the language too, Spanish. You don't have to speak English, barely. She speaks a few words. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, uh, if the American people knew what's happening at the border, we will be with our weapons at the border because the killing of innocent children and rape is just overwhelmed. But where's Texas? Texas is on the border, uh, right? You know, where, where's where's the Texas National Guard? You know, I mean, worst kind, worst case scenario, we should be we should be shooting the cartels if they're in our country. But at at what point do we uh, we just tell these uh, caravans that are coming in? No, you're not coming to Texas. You're not coming to the United States. No. You know, uh, there's there's several Absolutely. ways to do this. But if we had lines of soldiers of an entire <laughs> if the entire Texas National Guard were at the border, uh, we'd be in a lot better shape. Well, you know, just I, to have believe, them I believe the agenda. The agenda of Biden, which is Obama running our country right now, it's a lot of the Chinese coming. They're young men. They're probably going to be attacking Americans coming up soon when Donald Trump returns. Uh, I believe that's the agenda. They're they're bringing all the terrorists from the Middle East. A lot of them are not good people, and a lot of them are – I'm sure there's a few good Chinese, but a lot of them are military acting like if they're refugees to come right in. Uh, so they're going to go on war with the American people. They're going to be arming them. And and also the children are being sold for human trafficking or uh, sex trafficking, organ trafficking, adrenochrome trafficking, uh, which Oprah is one of the biggest dealers in Tom Hanks in Hollywood. Uh, that's what I heard. I don't have evidence 100%. Okay. And, uh, well, uh, as long as so you, when you're speculating, the, just just tell just tell us it. Like if, if it's not clear yet, not <clears throat> and then just say so. so it's like, hey, here's my opinion. AD, I think this is going on. That's fine. Yes, yes, I heard, but I, I don't know. I don't have evidence. But mm-hmm. about eighty percent, they were telling us seventy to eighty, seventy to eighty thousand children are missing. Children that have come in. Eighty-five thousand. <clears throat> it's been in congressional testimony. 80, 000, eighty-five thousand. Yeah. Yeah. 85,000, yeah. okay, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they don't know where the children are, 
So mm-hmm. this you know is why? horrible. Did you hear about why? They're selling them. No, they're, they're not checking them. the DNA yeah. anymore. They're not. They, they used to have DNA checks. They would they would register register people coming in so they could be tracked, so we could find out who they are. So when they show up in court, you know, or in no. ICE or deportation, well, they, they uh, or to find out also the other reason was because they want to find out if the kids were actually genetically linked to the parents or the adults who were bringing them in. So the DNA tracking was incredibly valuable, and Brandon, illegal Brandon, gave it up. That's a huge problem. I got uh, Warren on the show. I'm going to bring him on the line. I'm going to bring him on just a little bit from New Orleans Wake Up. Um, but I want to make sure we get your reporting here first. There's, there's something else, too, about China that I thought of. Uh, that's something Gordon Chang talks about. Uh, and that is, did you have to call in again? Looks like your line's, we've got, we got two call-ins two call for did you. Did you talk about me? All right, Juicy, uh, Josie, your, your line split for some reason. All right, so let me, let me try this I one. I don't know. Okay, but, so, but so I, I got you now? Think, uh, okay, go ahead. Yes. I, I didn't cut think, you off. Uh, your think, line went dead. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, my opinion, I don't think uh, it's really uh, that they don't want to track the kids because state force is tracking everything right now. Uh, so what I really think is there's human trafficking, sex trafficking, organ traffic. I mean, this, this is horrible what they're doing to the little kids. Uh, oh, absolutely. It's horrible. Uh, but they huh? want Democrat voters. But here's the thing, too, about China. Uh, and I said Gordon Chang talked about this, that uh, China, because of their one-child policy, their mandatory abortion policy, mm-hmm. the fact that most Chinese, you know, to pass on the family name and fortune, wanted a male child. If they only had one, they wanted a boy. And the problem is there are millions mm-hmm. upon millions upon millions of excess men in China that men. will never, mm-hmm. ever find wives because all the girls were aborted. And so for China, this is like a twofer. Not only did they get rid of their excess mm-hmm. men by dumping them in the United States, but because we have this stupid illegal birthright citizenship where everybody thinks that if somebody's born on the United States uh, to illegals, that that person becomes an American. Well, that's insane. That's irrational. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even, and I can prove it, you know, by the 14th Amendment, but this is an absurd policy yeah. anyway. You don't, if you're, if you're in the country illegally, how can you give birth to a citizen? We don't grant citizenship to criminals. That's not how it works. We don't even do that for legal immigrants. You know, if you're, if you're trying to be a legal immigrant, or let's say you get your green card and you commit a crime, you're out of here. You don't get your citizenship. So the idea that we automatically grant citizenship to illegal people in the country is irrational. We don't even grant citizenship to foreign nationals. Same thing. Birthright tourism does mm-hmm. not exist except illegally. Um, what do you think of that theory, though? That, mm. uh, that's, and then I'll, get to, I'll, I'll, I'll subject you to Warren. <laughs> Which should we got to put? Well, I'm sorry, Warren. i got to tease you well, a little bit. You're right. Um, their policy uh, in China, um, I don't know if they stopped that, but to, that they're realizing that there are so many men and not enough women in there. Oh, they it's know. all an agenda of communists, you know. It's, it's sad because uh, that's what they're doing here with abortion. They don't want uh, young girls to get pregnant. Now with the vaccine, a lot of the young girls, including my daughter, uh, six months ago, my daughter lost her baby. She is not oh. vaccinated, but because of her husband being vaccinated, they don't want us to have babies. And a lot of the babies being born right now from vaccinated moms, those babies are a mess. Full of blood clots in their arms, legs, uh, their eyes. Some of the babies that I have seen pictures, they look like a little snake. Uh, some of the babies, like my girlfriend's uh, grandson, 
a few hours being born, he's turning his head up like, where am I? You know, and a baby doesn't do that. Right. Uh, there are some babies uh, that I've seen pictures of. They're being born with a tail, extra fingers, very sick babies, or with a big head. Uh, this is like thalidomide. Remember thalidomide, which is a miscarriage drug, uh, which they said was going to stop miscarriages, and all these girls and boys are born without arms, without legs. They're born without you know, all kinds of things. Yep. It's a horrible, horrible drug. Let me bring on Warren for a little bit because I'm, I'm kind of curious, and you two have such different views on oh. everything. We're going to keep it civil, uh, and if it doesn't, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll step I in. But, to, uh, but I oh, you want to say something else first? Minutes, oh, go ahead. My, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to no, finish my Colombian thing, okay? Because I'm okay, not that's done. Fine. Nope, go ahead. <clears throat> Hang on, Warren. Oh, Go ahead. you want me to finish? Okay. No, I, I do want you uh, to finish, yes. Yes. There is a, a General Zapatero in Colombia. He's uh-huh. asking the Colombian people for support uh, from the military and the police to all gather together right now in Colombia to get this uh-huh. uh, President Petro out of Colombia because uh, – about 68% of the people now in Colombia, they're disapproving with his behavior, his promises that he made in Colombia to all the mm-hmm. people so they can vote for him. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people know uh, now that it's all a fraud, just like what happened in the United States. So that's it for today. No, actually, that's fascinating because, and this is something too, how can people think that Brandon beat Trump in a free and fair election when Brandon's approval rating is, what, 36%? That's irrational. That doesn't make you sense. Have to be, you have to be stupid to believe that. Or what, what's the, the other uh, alternative? There's two alternatives. Criminal. You're either stupid or you're a liar. That's the only way you can a think liar. that Brandon won fairly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's bring in Warren and uh, let him introduce himself and, uh, or reintroduce himself to the audience. We've got a lot of folks listening. We've got uh, – uh, I think we still have – yeah, we've got um, Marco in the Netherlands listening in and who knows who else around the world. Cuba, I hope especially. We we gotta get we gotta get like a, a Cuba Skype line call into the show sometime. That mm-hmm. would be fascinating. Warren, welcome back to Action Radio. What's going on? Well, greetings everyone. This is Brother Warren, host of the exciting Block Talk program called New Orleans Wake Up. And uh glad to shameless plug. be allowed to, to participate. <laughs> good here. good shameless plug, brother. Uh, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh Josie, como tu da? Muy bien, muy bien, estoy bien. ¿Y tú? Okay, siempre tú dices mentiras sobre los gobiernos de Cuba y Venezuela. Yo admiro este gobierno de este país. He said, he said, he says that I'm a liar, lying about Cuba and Venezuela. You're a liar because I go there, I travel to Cuba. I'm a missionary for Cuba. I'm a Christian missionary woman. I'm not lying. You're the liar. En julio, en, en, en julio me voy a Cuba para visitar mi familia en Cuba, en Santiago y en La Habana. Good. He said he's going okay. to Cuba in July to visit his family. Well, maybe you can stay there. <laughs> if, you, if you believe that. Okay, uh, yeah, great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Glad to be here, yes. Yeah. That's good. What's, what's, uh, so what's your main point? So what do you disagree with uh, as far as what you're saying? Well, Let's talk about Central I want South to America say, for one thing. Go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. I, you know, I have uh, my grandmother was from Santiago, Cuba. She came here to New Orleans back in the 1920s. And so my first trip to Cuba was in 2008 to uh, visit family. And we've been going ever since there. Uh, but, you know, it's 
interesting because I don't personally I don't have a problem with so-called illegals coming here at all. These people well, wait, 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 are wait, coming. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. So, 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 so we're talking criminals. We're talking people that have no ability to be here, no right to be here. They have no status. Basically, as far as legal goes, they're not here. And you don't have a problem with that. I'm curious why. Because the reason for much of the uh, people leaving their countries is because of U.S. involvement in the internal affairs of those countries. Those people are victims. They're escaping economic turmoil and political turmoil fostered mm-hmm. by the United States government under both Democrat and Republican administrations going back at least since the 1980s. Okay, all right. More okay wait a minute. Uh, all right, hold on. This, this, is, this is what they call a false equivalency. And a false equivalency is where one thing and another are, are not connected. So the fact that the U.S. is involved in the internal policies of these countries is wrong. I absolutely agree with you there. We should not be doing it. We should leave countries alone. It's their business. That would include especially Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, we had no reason to be there. However, because of that, that does not justify millions of people leaving their own country and coming to our country illegally. We have an immigration process. People can go to the well, American embassy. Hold, let me finish. Can go to the embassy and go to the consulate, and they can, they can you know, come here legally. But what people don't understand, and this is why it's so critical, I want to say this one last thing, that immigration is not for immigrants. Immigration is for Americans. People are allowed to come to this country, which is a privilege, because they're going to make this country better. Both Josie and I are legal immigrants that went through the process, learned the Constitution, learned the Bill of Rights, learned what it means to be an American, much better than a lot of Americans learn what it means. And so because of that, that's what makes the country better, that the only people that come here and stay here are those that are going to make it better for Americans. Now, every illegal alien here takes up space, takes up money, takes up school rooms, takes up highways, takes up jobs, costs money, costs taxes, uh, causes, you know, a certain, most of them, first of all, they're all criminals by being here, but they cause a whole lot of crime. You, I don't know what the stats is on, on what percentage of our prisons are filled with illegal aliens, but there shouldn't be any. So how you can justify bringing illegal people here just because they want a better life? Warren, everybody wants a better life. I don't know a person that, that wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I really want a worse life. Take away some of my money. It doesn't happen. But just because they want a better life, do we have to give those people a better life here? And the answer is no, we don't. What we can do is help those countries have a better life there. And freedom and prosperity work. We know they work because this is the freest, most prosperous, well, not so much now, but it was the, the freest and most prosperous country. Freedom works. So the cure is not to bring millions of illegals here. The cure is to have those countries get their freedom and get rid of their corruption. And so they can be just as free and just as prosperous as we are. Oh, that's pretty good. I wish I actually write that down. Anyway, Warren, what do you think? And then I'll get to Justin. Well, well, I want to I want to thank you for allowing me on your uh, space to express my differing opinions. I you like to, to refer yeah. you. I, I like to refer you and your listening audience to a book entitled "Central America's Forgotten History: Revolution, Violence, and the Roots of Migration," written by Aviva Chomsky, which goes into detail how United States foreign policy has devastated the economies and okay, again, destroyed that the that's, not, that's a different question. That's, that's, a dis, that's a disconnected question to illegal aliens. Let me, let me get Joseph. I in disagree. I, I disagree. It's a full context of understanding why people are coming here. You can't look at people coming here out of a context and in a vacuum. You have to put it in a political, historical, 
and social economic context to get a full comprehensive understanding of what's happening at the border. Well, not, not necessarily because in coming here illegally, I don't have to know anything else. It doesn't matter what's happening well, in other countries. They weren't invited. They're well, coming people, here illegally. People, so, it doesn't, so, people, uh, so whatever the United States did does not justify people coming here illegally because they're not hurting the U.S. government. They're hurting the American people. Well, I mean, the U.S. government is hurting itself. The U.S. government is hurting itself by doing these things. I mean, it's a contradiction in terms. Well, hold on a second. I mean, let's, you let's want to find out who's the problem. All right, hold on, hold Pardon. on, hold on. Let me get Josie in the conversation. Josie grew up in Nicaragua. Okay. Josie, how much U.S. involvement was there in Nicaragua, for example, when you were growing well, up? Well, in a way, in a way, you are correct, Warren, because the United States have been involved in all this uh, corruption. Uh, a war in a lot of countries. I agree, uh, but that doesn't mean that me, as an American, hardworking person, have to support everybody coming in, and that's exactly what's happening. But the good news is, Cuban people, Venezuelan people, uh, any Russian, Chinese communists, uh, right from uh, the communists, they will. Uh, there will be granted political asylum, which we have done in the past. But I don't want millions and millions of people coming from Chile, Venezuela, I mean, uh, Honduras, El Salvador, uh, any areas in Africa that is not communist, uh, Philippines, and all these areas. We cannot afford it. We really cannot afford it. And we're seeing the pain right now as a businesswoman that I am, we hear a lot of nurses complaining, oh, so-and-so took my job because she's from this country or that country. They're paying her less money. But the good news is we are going to grant uh, political asylum if you're from communist country, not because you're just poor. And um, I agree with, the, uh, with you about the uh, United States uh, being involved with a lot of the countries. Well, well, let me ask you all this. So you're saying that people from so-called communist countries, they don't have criminals, they don't have uh, bad characters, just because they say they're from Cuba or from Venezuela, they should be allowed to come in and screw everybody else? Is that what you guys are saying? No, we're saying that illegal aliens no, can't come into the country. I didn't say <laughs> That's what that. I'm saying. <laughs> Nothing else. No, yeah, but Josie, Josie seemed like Josie, no, seemed like no, no, Josie no. is of the opinion that Cubans and Venezuelans should be allowed to Wait, wait, Warren. Let's let Josie give her opinion so if we'll know what it qualify, is. Josie? If you qualify, because they'll, uh, they'll find some information. Uh, like, for example, uh, my sister was having an affair with this uh, criminal from El Salvador a while back. And uh, he was ripping off a lot of uh, homes while people were at work, and she did not know. And eventually he was deported, and then he tried to get in, and he, they already had all his records and all that. So I don't know how they're going to check all that, but we do not want to give you political asylum if, you, if you're a criminal. Of course not. We're not going to put up with that. But I don't well, know how this, they, uh, they're going to take care of that. I'm sure they okay. know. Okay. Well, let me explain. Where I live in New Orleans, we have a large Honduran population. I would say Honduras, and then maybe Nicaragua after the, after that. Legal or illegal? Mm-hmm. Legal or I, illegal? I, I I don't know because I don't care. I support them. They do okay. work. They work hard. They work in construction. They clean houses. They live in a. In, uh, now you so see so they live so in Americans. 
Americans work hard and clean. They houses. are human. They are human beings worthy of love and compassion. Well, I'm not saying that. Anything opposite Everybody's, of that is a sin in God's eyes. That's not true. First of all, all all people are all, all people are human beings and deserve love. That's a wonderful statement. I agree with you. That's not. But that doesn't mean that illegal compassion. aliens. But, but that doesn't compassion. mean. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, and compassion too. But that doesn't mean we bring illegal aliens into our country. So you, you, you see, these I are false no equivalencies, Warren. I, these are these are totally no disjoint. Yeah, but these are just showing separate arguments. The question is, do we want illegal you're, aliens you're, in our no, country? And the answer is Glenn, no, you're saying, because they're criminals. You're, I don't want you're illegal saying, aliens in the you're country. You're saying the undocumented no. people are criminals, and that is wrong. You are wrong. Not all of no, them. No, not. Not <laughs> no, all not. of them. I'm not wrong. Uh, well, first of all, undocumented. Wait, everybody's 5, documented. 000, there's almost 5,000 MS-13 here in Pensacola. I don't want those criminals around here, around my young teenagers. And, and you have gangs? I mean, you have gangs in Crips and Bloods. You have gangs in Chicago that were there before the MS-13. All of that's related to U.S. foreign policy, Josie. So All of that is related to U.S. Army. All of that is related to U.S. Army, yeah. right-wing governments to suppress people. That's what that's connected to, directly connected to that. Okay, Warren, so bottom you're, you're still line is... Go ahead, Josie. Wait, wait, Greg, if, yeah, if okay. you really don't care how many millions of illegals are coming and all that, you really should not be part of this country. You should move to Cuba, Venezuela, and because that no, means you don't uh, love this country. You, you're breaking our laws, and I came to America the legal way, 10 years for me to become uh, a U.S. citizen, and if, if you disagree on that, that means you don't love this country because you're disrespecting me, you're disrespecting Greg, you're disrespecting a lot of real, true American people here. And I don't care if your grandmother's from Cuba or Venezuela or whatever country, but you should be thankful that she came here and she has a good life here. And, and the people that hate this country, it's a lot, of, a lot of black people hate this country. And you know what? I say, go back. Go back. Why are you here? If you really well, are not part of this country, you should not be here. Well, That's my reality. opinion. Here's the reality, Joseph. I'm here. I believe what I believe, and you nor Greg will send me anywhere. Okay. Now, most of my family been in this country nearly 300 years, longer than you and Greg have been here. So I have every right to make a statement of who I believe should be allowed to come here. And unfortunately, yeah, no, you have let me stop you right there. That's let, let me stop. Let me jump in here because that's a no. really interesting point, Warren. Uh, first no, of all, I don't, don't want like America. America. I, I, like I don't want to send anybody anywhere. Uh, I just don't want to have the illegals come in here. Yeah. I would send the illegals home. But but the idea, you know, that, that you're that this that this again, it's a false equivalency that you're thinking these people deserve to be here. That uh, you know somehow that immigration is based on on compassion. It's not. It's based on merit. It's based on people proving that they can add to this country. So yeah. you're arguing two totally Thanks different God. things. You know, and yep. this is where the you, problem comes in. And you, you don't have the right to you, say who can be here just because you, your family's been here 300 years. That would put you before the Constitution. Look, That's kind of interesting. Anyway, go ahead. If you look at the base tablet on the Statue of Liberty penned by Emma Lazarus in 1883, it right. says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearn to breathe yeah, well, that's a nice the poem, but it's not legislation. Sure. I yeah, welcome a, uh, anyone who wants to come in this country because right. I am obligated by my Christian faith to love everyone, regardless of their background, and if they're in need, to help them. That's, that's, a bunch of that's what Christ would do. 
No, no, no. That's absolute nonsense. Christ would not be in favor of breaking the laws. Christ would not be in favor of of just Uh, bringing masses of people in. Christ was not a conservative Republican, Greg. Christ was not a conservative Republican. Every illegal alien you bring in causes problems. We're not talking about Republicans or Democrats. We're talking about Yeah, let's talk about that. No, Warren does raise a really interesting point on the Statue of Liberty. First of all, Warren, do you know what the Statue of Liberty was was, uh, created for? What's it celebrating? I read you what's on well, not the poem. The, the poem is 100 years after the Statue of Liberty. What is the Statue of Liberty for? What does it celebrate? You guys you, you don't know. here yesterday. You no, no, no. I'm don't not gonna, no, no. Know. It's, not, it's, it's not the you point. Don't no, no, know. I'm not going to answer know. that because it's not the point. It's not the it point, is the Greg. Point. The point is you is two, exactly the point. You two, you you two don't have know what the Statue of Liberty is for. You it's two have gotten here. You two have arrived here last night, and all of a sudden you're more American than the other Americans. That's foolishness. No, I didn't say that. I just said we studied the Constitution. Because you have to adjust once you – look, when you swear to protect and defend this country, and that's what I'm doing. I'm defending this country. Josie, I can't be a racist, Josie. I'm I'm sorry. I can't can't be a racist. Yes, you can't. Wait, 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 wait. Because I became a U.S. citizen, and I'm swearing under oath that I'm willing to be part of America, and I'm America. Yeah, that's what I am, and I'm protecting the United States of America. And that's what mm-hmm. happens when you swear it in. Nowadays, when you swear in, you can you could care less because you want the goodies that the government's going to give you out of my sweat, and I'm taking of pay, paying for that. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Warren. You said something fascinating just a, just a second ago. You said you cannot be racist. What, what is this higher privilege you have that you can't be racist? That's hysterical. That's all they know how to use. Well, wait, wait, no, no, wait a minute. What, no, what, no, 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 hold on. I want to get an answer on this. This is, this is really interesting. Warren, what makes you above being a racist? How, how did you attain this puritanical, you know, elevated status because, above the rest great. of us? Because mm-hmm. I do not single people out because of their national origin and background coming wait, to wait, America wait, uh, and play fear tactics and play age-old fear tactics <laughs> as have been played on against people of color for decades and centuries here. I don't participate wait, 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 in wait. Nationality and race are two different things. I mean, there are white people all over the globe. There are black people all over the globe. Many of the immigrants coming here are non-white people. Well, that's probably true, because most of the people of the world are non-white people. And, so that's, that would where the, and that's where the anger, that's where the anger, okay. the anxiety, and animus is being vented at, not at uh-huh. Europeans coming here. Okay, so you don't have a problem with uh, illegal Irish immigrants or Polish immigrants? Uh, I don't Italian have a problem with. I don't okay. have a problem with people escaping desperate situations from their country, basically uh-huh. because U.S. and EU foreign policy has destroyed their economies. In their internal politics, that's what well, all the Why don't you change the policy? The world. Then? Wait, wait, Warren. Why don't you change the policy? That's what we do here at Action Radio. So we, uh, my solution to the problem. I'm not wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. My solution is very simple. And I talked to Josie about this too, especially with El Salvador, which is a great example where they have freedom and prosperity. It works. So rather than bring in illegal aliens from millions, you know, millions of illegal aliens from around the world, why not work to make their countries better? And say, hey, look, and do it by example. Say, look, freedom and prosperity works. We know it works. In fact, we had a plan that uh, Trump should go to El Salvador and bring in a bunch of investment and, and, uh, and jobs and things like that and make that a model for Central and South America. Say, look, this works. Why not that? 
Great. Why is Let your only solution to bring in to make Americans miserable by bringing in millions of illegals? Why do you want to do Great. that? Why do you why, why do you why Great. do you have such contempt for the American people that you want to bring the in millions of people that, that can't be here? Answer my question. The overwhelming majority of so-called the overwhelming majority of so-called illegals work hard. They contribute to matter. the American economy. They, they work, can't contribute. They okay, contribute Warren? to American right. economy. I'm going to mute you. All right. First of all, let's 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 deal with the question. And Greg, they, um, <laughs> okay, the fine, thing the thing is, the uh-huh. thing is, when you are leaving your country, let's say you left from Nicaragua, where I was born, the next country that you come across, that's where you need to ask for political asylum because your life is being threatened. And you know what? It's not happening. And I remember at the beginning of all these caravans, they're asking people, "Where would you like to go?" They don't want to go to Spain. They don't want to go to Canada. They don't want to go to Chile. They want to come to America because that's they were told they were going because this is a family here, Josie. Maybe they have family Obama. already here. So well, this, uh, this, legal or illegal, their minds are set. <laughs> okay, that they're coming to America, and and the thing is. You have to ask for political asylum on the next country. As soon as you get out of your country, you should be asking for political asylum. You'll stay there or, or you go to another country. But everyone is coming here. And we cannot afford it. We really can't. Even if we could, it wouldn't. Uh, even if we could, it's still our country. And you know, any country that you try to get in, you have to have ID, you have to have passport, you have to have everything. Mm-hmm. And all the illegals come in, they do have all that. They have IDs, but they throw them out at the border. So they come here empty-handed with nothing. And a lot of them, what they do, because I know a lot of them, what they do is they have a, fa- a friend or family member mail you the stuff to America. So they have it here because I know this. This one, they're our family. They all have passport. I got pictures of all their passport because I was talking to the guy, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on, you know? They want to come here because this is the goodies. A lot of the families well, right there. now in America are getting about yeah. $4,000 a month, okay? It's, it's insane. It's insane yeah. what's happening right now in America. So it, it just upset me. Well, let me give Warren one more comment, then I want to, uh, I'm going to let you talk to Josie for a little bit. So, so get one more statement, Warren. Um, but I'd like you to, to answer the question, why you have such contempt for the American people that you want to bring millions of illegals rather than help them in their own country? Because to me, you know, the fact that people are poor, we know that people in the world are poor, okay? But that's no reason to come here, okay? We help people who are poor, but we don't bring them into our country to make everybody else poor in this country. That just, that's, that's illogical, and that's kind of crazy. But why do you hate this country so much? Well, I mean, I, I think that your view that one hates the country because they support undocumented coming here is far extreme. So I believe that people are human beings. They should, that we should have compassion toward those in need. And I, do. I think that uh, I think at the end of the day, that's what's more important. And these people come here, they work extremely hard. Many of them fill jobs that's, in construction. Yeah, but they that doesn't the matter. Farm workers. They can't work. They are the but, farm but Warren, workers. Warren, 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 let me stop you there. Warren, Warren, they can't work here legally. They can't work here legally. Okay? They're, they're here. taking American Greg, jobs. they're here. You're not going to send them back, Greg. They're here and they're coming. Yeah, yeah. They're coming by the thousands. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got a plan for that. 
Obviously. Oh, okay. So, so so a whole criminal class, and there's nothing I can do about it. Oh, you have no idea. All right, nothing I'm gonna put you on hold. I'm gonna put you on hold. Let you listen. Yeah. Okay. So here's the problem, Josie. That. Uh, go ahead. Wait. There's gonna be a massive deportation when President Trump comes, and we already okay. know. He already okay. told us, and we believe it. And I can hardly wait. Yeah, but see now. Uh, and, and what well, was this fascinating time to Warren? Like, I want to give him a whole bunch of time, and that's okay. <clears throat> but once we start getting into circular arguments, that's like, okay. I, I think we've reached our, our limit here. But what's fascinating well, to me is he, he did not know what the Statue of Liberty was for. Okay, uh, and he, he uses this old, some of the older tired arguments that you know, don't you? These are human beings. Well, we're not arguing that. Uh, these people deserve compassion. We're well, I'm not, not arguing, arguing that either. That. We're not arguing that. But what we're saying is that you can't come to the country illegally. That's what we are saying, and pretty much trumps everything else. And, uh, and the U.S. foreign policy, it, it's been bad. You know, it's been horrible in different countries. I'm sure uh, the CIA assassinated uh, Salvador Allende. Uh, I'm sure that the CIA killed uh, John Kennedy and, and Robert Kennedy. You know, I mean, we have bad people in our government. I, I know the government stole the government for the government, you know, in, in 2020, uh, 20, uh, 2020. So I know these things happen. And so I know we have bad things, but that's still, that's a completely separate argument from bringing millions of people into the country illegally. And this is the thing. That uh, it's we the had Ellis Isles uh, way back. Yeah. You know, my, my husband's uh, grandparents, mm-hmm. that's how they came to America. They have to, they have to go through Ellis Isles to come yeah. in the legal way. And, yep. and you have to come in the legal way because, yeah. you know, yes, there's uh-huh. a lot of, there's a lot of hardworking people. And I personally know so many. I do mm-hmm. know, but a lot of them are not. And that's where the problem is. Well, it wouldn't matter and if they were. There's a I mean, lot of criminals illegals, coming in. Even if, yeah, but even if illegals were the hardest working people in the world, it wouldn't matter. They're still illegal. So it doesn't matter of how course. hard they work. Illegal aliens cannot pay taxes yeah. legally because they cannot receive benefits and services of government. That's what taxes are for. They can't live here. They can't live here. They can't be here. They have no legal status. So the idea that this is somehow compassion to, to bring people to a country where they can't be, no. where they have no, have no rights, they have no status. Uh, they're basically non-persons. And so to, that's not yeah. compassion. That's the opposite of compassion. Because not but, only are you hurting the people here you illegally, know, you're hurting the yeah, Americans. You know, Greg, I believe, I believe Warren, he's a communist. And I'm no, I know you're listening. Uh, you are a communist because you're traveling to Venezuela. You love uh, the president there. You love all the corruption in Cuba. So, you know, you're a communist. And we'll, Way back when I first came to America, you didn't, they didn't want communist people here in America. Mm-hmm. It was did a you no-no. have to swear an oath and, um, uh, when you when you took your citizenship oath? Did you have to swear an oath that you were not a communist, you were not a member of the Communist Party, and you would not join yes. the Communist Party? That's what I did. Yeah, that was part. Of, that was a condition of yeah. citizenship um, when I got mine in 1981. That was one of the conditions. Now I'm sure that's changed. Yeah. You know, uh, in fact, I don't have a problem with the American Communist Party. Uh, I just will defeat their ideas at every possible opportunity. Same thing with Bernie Sanders. I don't care that he's a socialist. He can express all the socialism he wants. He's free to do that. And I'm free to disagree with him. Warren's free to disagree with me, too. Well, I just I we should answer he, my questions. I think uh, <laughs> Sanders should move to Cuba, Venezuela, or the communist country. He needs to go bye-bye. We don't want that infection in this country. They're like yeah. a bunch of maggots. And we yeah, don't but want I disagree that you, 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 you can't send people out of the country um, that are citizens. You can't. But they hate this country you, so much. 
Why well, you can ask him to leave, but you can't send him out. See, that's just as bad. That's just as bad as the the Nazi leftist white supremacists that want to, uh, you know, send Jews out of the country or send uh, anybody out of the country. You, you, that's not how it works. We don't we don't operate by group here. Everybody's an individual, and everybody has individual rights. So now, if you if you want, and, and where would you, Warren? This is Warren's home. You don't send him anywhere. This is his home. Whereas illegal aliens. This is not their home. <laughs> their home is their nation of citizenship. They are responsible for them. They have jurisdiction over them, as the 14th Amendment says. Well, let me ask you the question. What's the Statue of Liberty for? <laughs> Same question I asked Warren. You tell me. I don't know. Okay. All right. I See, should now, know. Now, this is fascinating that, uh, that both of you don't know. It, it was a gift from France. Oh, freedom. No, it was, but it was it's a the gift Statue from of Liberty. It's, it's not the Statue of Immigration. Okay, it's not. That Emma Lazarus poem should not be there no. at the base of this. Do you remember when I wrote a new uh, poem instead? This is the Statue of Liberty, uh, my own poem for the Statue of Liberty. Did you ever hear about that? Pull it up here real quickly. Uh, I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember, yeah. You guys forget all my amazing work because <laughs> there's so much out there. Actually, I should publish that as, as a Substack. So let's put Greg Penglis, uh Statue of Liberty Alternative. I think you're going to find this interesting. I'll put my name in here. Okay. That'd be fun. Statue. Uh, yeah, I Liberty. know France gave that statue to America. Yeah, now they gave it to us to celebrate our war for independence. In other words, they gave it to us, you know, for freedom, for the Constitution, for, for defeating freedom. Britain, for mm-hmm. defeating Britain, a colonial power. That's what the Statue of Liberty is for. It's not for immigration. It's for the war for independence in the 1700s, you know, 1776, mm-hmm. July That's 4th right. and onward. Actually, April 19th, 1775. When the war started, that's what the yeah. Statue of Liberty is for. It's not. For, and this ridiculously stupid, horrible poem by Emma Lazarus, this, this socialist suck up poem that says, give us your tired, your hungry, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Give us your wretched, no. your illegal aliens. No, that's not that's not what America's about. We don't want your, your tired, your wretched, your, your, your worthless huddled masses. We want your, your geniuses, your, your brainy people, your entrepreneurs, the best of you that wants freedom. That's who we want in this country. I don't want the huddle masses. Mm-hmm. I want to help them in their country. So you, you help the huddle masses in their country, and you bring in the best people to our country, even though that might create a brain drain. Tell me about El Salvador real quick. I'm, I'm looking for my poem. Um, and, and while you're looking at that, you know, for years yeah. and years, this country has been sending millions and millions to all these poor countries to help them, like, like Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, every year, like 56 million dollars to Guatemala or Honduras. And you know what? The government puts it in their pocket and the poor people still are poor and they all are coming here. So you know what? For years and years, and it is time to stop this corruption. And it will stop. Mm -hmm. Did you find the poem? I did. (laughs) I found an old Canada Free Press article. Yeah. Yeah. So so remember the the, the, the huddle masses, you're going to be free and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I wrote mm-hmm. a poem called The Restored Republic. Never in the course of human endeavor has one nation risen up to declare that every citizen is their own sovereign, where the powers of government are subservient to the rights of the individual. Liberty is the light to freedom in a world of darkness and oppression. Liberty has a home. It's called the United States of America. Liberty is the gift you were born with. Liberty for those here and for those who seek to come here. Knock on our door with your dreams, your entrepreneurship, your creativity, your hard work, and your burning desire to live up to your potential. If you are blessed to be here, reclaim your spirit, your goals, your ideas, your inventions, your values, and revel in your liberty. 
May the sight of this statue always remind you that liberty isn't just a statue or a government or a founding document or any definition of limitation imposed on you by government or companies or society as they are just the guardians of conformity. Liberty burns in your soul every day and must be expressed every day. Liberty is the spirit that created the statue, that wrote the Constitution, that founded the government, that inspired the companies, that brings a free society. Liberty lives in every one of you. Let the light of the Statue of Liberty always live in your heart and never be taken from you. That's my poem. You're muted. I'm trying to hit the button. <laughs> you That's had me good. muted? Oh, you had yeah, me muted. Yeah, I heard okay. that before from you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's my poem. Mm-hmm. You know, and it talks yeah. about uh, come here not because you're, you're, you're huddled masses. You know, and if you're yearning to be free, that's great. That's a good reason to come here. Yearning to be free, not yearning to be on American welfare. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to come here because you want to be free, and you don't have to come here because you're rich. You don't have to come here because you're powerful. You've already established something. No. You, you, you can just have the ideals of freedom, but you've got to have the ideals of freedom. You can't have the ideals of, I just want a better life. That's not a reason to come here. Everybody wants a better life. That's a stupid reason. Of course. Yeah, but that's what happens. Yeah. They do. Everybody yeah. wants a better life, and there's nothing wrong with that. But not uh-huh. under my sweat. You're not going to do that. I'm sick and tired of this. Yeah. Look, Greg, I've been in America for 51 years the legal way. I came in the legal way. They yep. waited two years for my U.S. resident as a student with my diplomatic uh, semi-adopted uh, guardians. Mm-hmm. And, and and we have to sign a letter saying you will not be dependent of this government. You have to have a family representing you. And that's what I have. I have never gotten one cent from this country, and I don't want it, because I want to work for what I have with mm-hmm. my sweat. And that's my mentality. But the mentality of all these people coming in, what can I get for free? And that's what they're getting. They're getting a lot of money. They're getting mm-hmm. uh, in New York. They're putting all the illegals in fancy hotels, and they're getting a lot of the veterans out. And uh, it is it is a disgrace for the American people. And and and, and I I see it. I hear it. I hear people. When I was in New York, uh, there were so many so many illegals, and we were afraid because a lot of them they were criminals. There were some MS-13 because you could see their little numbers on their neck or their arms because they want for you to see it to be afraid, right. uh, they're destroying this country. That's the agenda. It's not that they, that we want to help all these poor people and all that. They want to destroy the agenda of Obama, George Soros, Bill Gates, the Bidens, the Clintons, the Bushes. Even the Bushes, the, the, the Republicans are in it too. It's not just the Democrats. Oh, no, and, you know, I had a black state. lady in my uh-huh. I had a black lady in my store a couple of days ago, and she said, oh, I'm so upset that they're deported. They're going to deport all the illegals and all that. And you know what, Greg? After 40 minutes that I talked to that woman, she was singing a different tune. She was not the same person that she started talking to me at the beginning because I told her the truth, the way it is. Not the lies that CNN, MSNBC, ABC, and all those channels are telling Mm-hmm. The American people, because they're hooked with those channels. They're being told lies every single day, and, and they repeat it over and over and over, because that's what communist does. I lived through it. I know. They repeat the same thing until your brain is white. Okay, so that's the way it is, and it's not that way. It's a lie. But anyway, 
No, no, the lies are, are, are legendary, and we all know what they are, um, that Americans don't mm-hmm. want these jobs, so we have to have illegal aliens do them. That's a lie. Americans have Not always true. done all the jobs. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference is that illegals can work for less money um, because they're living illegally. <laughs> so they're not paying taxes. They're exactly. not, uh, you know, and they shouldn't pay. They can't pay taxes. That's not that's not the point. But the point is that their mm-hmm. cost of living is much lower. Um, and so they can send money out of the country. That's a that's a cash drain. Uh, what are some of the other? Myths? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the biggest one is these people just want a better life. And of course, everybody does. So that's not that's that's nothing um, that uh, or, the, or the other big lie that uh, you don't have any compassion. These people are human beings. Well, we're not arguing that. It's you know, not that. It's a we're different not. question. We're humans. Yeah. We all are humans. Yeah. yeah. And if they work that hard, why aren't they successful in their own country? <laughs> There's a question for you. But you know, Greg, mm-hmm. any anybody that tries to go to Chile, or even Cuba, when you go to Cuba, they're waiting for you at the door in the airport. A guard, mm-hmm. a militia guard is waiting right there to mm-hmm. hand you your visa or to check you out. You cannot enter in Cuba illegally. There's no way. Any yeah. country in the world, I've been to 24 countries, mm-hmm. there's no country in the world that you walk right in like they're doing in here. This is an agenda to destroy the United States of America, mm-hmm. and it's been well organized years ago. Yeah. You and, said, and you uh, have to have some sort of ID when you walk in any country. I don't care if you... If you know about it or not, if you have never left the United States, but that's how it works in every country. You have to have identification who you are, and then they do a, ba- a background check. And, you know, it took me four months the first time I went to Cuba, and they were waiting right at the door as I got out of the plane and walked because it's different than here. You have to walk from where the plane lands in the middle of the runway, and you walk <laughs> way over there to get to the airport. And they're waiting <laughs> right there with your information in their hands, each right. person walking in. So I remember walking out to airports uh, when I was a kid. That was kind of fun. But you said something really fun. interesting, yeah, and then I, I wanted to – uh, yeah, it was great. I used to love walking out to the airplane, so it was kind of cool, um, especially the old prop shops. I, I, when I, first, I went for my first flight in an airline when I was five years old and loved it. <laughs> I said, okay, this is what I want to do, and uh, <laughs> you know, never quite got the airline career, but, but anyway, uh, I, still, I still want my jet. I you said, well, go, oh, okay, because I, I want to leave you with one last question. Thank you, Warren, for your call. Uh, yeah. As a Christian man that you claim you are, you're not doing the right thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to yeah. repent. Talk to God about your your uh, activities and everything that you're doing. That's not of God. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah But we have to that, do the right thing know. as Christian people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this is Josie, Ruth Uniform Shots in Pensacola, Florida, and I have to go earn my money so I can pay for the illegals. <laughs> That's a great way to end it. But uh, just uh, you said one thing about you didn't think it could happen here. We'll pick this up next week. I always knew it could happen here. That's the first thing I when I saw the size yeah. of the federal government, I knew it could happen here. In fact, I, I figured it was just a matter right. of time before it happened here. But we'll Got talk about that next week. God bless. Bye. God bless, Jesse. Ciao. Take care. All right. So it is now nine oh two. I got. Uh, I'm gonna have the third hour. Probably to myself, but anybody's welcome to call in or message in. We got a lot of people on live chat. So just go to the bottom of your broadcast page. Uh, if you're listening live, you can't do it during the podcast. Obviously, we're not here. Um, but if you want to listen live, uh, uh, the, do the live chat. That's the best way to call in or to check in if you don't want to call in. Uh, so Warren's still on hold. I'm going to leave him there. I want to get to some economic stuff. But other folks want to call in uh, or message on live chat, feel free. Nine oh, yeah, still 902. So let me play some things and uh, be right back in just a little bit here.
Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engine. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elba Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. Yeah, one more at a time. <laughs> that was so much fun talking to you today. No, it's just it's just fascinating that uh, 
you know, the the uh, the left when they argue, they usually pick two completely disjoint and disconnected things uh, and try to connect them. You know, in other words, uh, equating uh, goodness and kindness and compassion, saying that because, you know, these, these are people and they deserve compassion, well, that's true. Um, but then because of that, they're allowed, they should be allowed to come here as illegal aliens. Well, that's, that's a totally different question. And so the first thing you want to do whenever you're, you're debating or discussing in a heated fashion or any fashion uh, with somebody of, of the leftist persuasion is that you want to immediately separate the arguments uh, and see, because, you know, I've, I've seen this happen several times. You'll get like four or five different uh, disjoint, disre- you know, unrelated things, and that somehow that they equate. This is why the term illegal immigrant is used. Well, there's no such thing as an illegal immigrant. All right. An immigrant is somebody who has legal status because they applied to come here and were accepted because they're going to make the country better. That's what an immigrant is. A migrant is someone that comes here temporarily to do a job uh, because we really don't have the, the Americans to do the job. Uh, and, of course, that would be on a zero in, unemployment situation. So if the unemployment rate was zero, then you can bring in migrants. Okay? That, that, that's the way that should work. Uh, same thing with H-1 visas. If we had uh, zero unemployment, uh, then... Uh, you know, in high tech, you know, and if we don't have the high tech people, train them. Okay. So that's how that works. So a migrant is someone that comes here for a job temporarily and leaves. An illegal alien is somebody that crossed into the country illegally um, and stayed here, you know, or crossed into the country any number of times illegally. But each time they cross illegally and each day that they're here is a separate crime. So we're talking about serial criminals. We're talking about multiple year serial criminals um, that, uh, that have no status. They're not here. Legally, they're not here. They, they leave, you know, I mean, these things happen. I know they vote and they get driver's licenses and they get jobs and have families and all kinds of stuff. None of that's legal. So what's going to have to happen this is going to be a big change. This is going to be, uh, I think I've, I've kind of thought this through that for the millions of illegals that are here, that, uh, that got American citizenship fraudulently. In other words, it was a misinterpretation of the 14th amendment that, uh, and there were, and there's no law that says this, there's no, there's not even a policy, but that somehow people are given, uh, American citizenship when their parents are foreign nationals, uh, especially illegal alien foreign nationals, that's wrong. It's always been wrong, and it's always been un- unconstitutional ever since the 14th Amendment. So what we're going to have to do is correct the citizenship of millions of people um, who were born here and thought they were American, but it, it, actually they weren't. And so this is going to be the tough one, is we'll have to figure some kind of permanent status that doesn't involve, uh, we'll probably bring it to legal immigrant status. In other words, they can't vote and they can't serve on juries. And so uh, juries is going to become more important uh, as we teach people how the juries can uh, uh, overturn, overrule, and nullify laws. But, uh, you know, that, that's going to be a very interesting thing to, to discuss. I think it's, oh, we'll see. We'll see how to do it. Um, you know, people, especially we're talking multi-generations of people that actually aren't citizens because none of them were born here to legal parents. That's going to be an interesting question to resolve. We'll have to talk about that a whole lot. All right, let's get to, uh, let's get to our, our news theme and let's get started into this economic um, boondoggle that we're in and be right back. And down to the newsroom. Okay, um, so many articles here. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Oh yeah, I'm gonna keep that one for a bit. All right, so um, 
I'm just I'm rearranging stuff on my screen here. Again, if you want to call in, 215-383-332. If you want to go in live chat, just go to the bottom of your broadcast page, and you're welcome to type in messages there, too. Um, Warren's called me an ultra-right-wing extremist. Well, that would make me an anarchist. And since I believe in the Constitution, uh, I believe in the Bill of Rights, I do believe in enough government um, to create a situation of liberty. In other words, where more government would lead towards tyranny and less government would lead towards anarchy, that, that balance point of liberty that I, that I put into the slide of every show now, that we actually graph liberty with freedom on one scale, uh, on the vertical scale, and on the horizontal scale, you've got tyranny on the left, uh, where all the Nazis, communists, socialists, you know, fascists, all those folks are. And then on the right, you've got the anarchists. You know, and, and so, but uh, somewhere, you know, to the right of center is the founding fathers in our country at the balance point of liberty. So you can't call me a right-wing extremist. That's a contradiction. Because, or even an ultra-right-wing extremist, because that would make me an ultra-anarchist. And that's simply not true, because I do believe in government to a certain extent. Only the, the, the government is necessary to protect lives, protect property, um, protect rights. That's what government does, lives, property, and rights, individual rights. That's government's job. Everything else is on the road to tyranny. Uh, anything less is on the road to anarchy, and that's the balance point of liberty. So, so much for that charge. What else we got here? Josie has come to this country and has been influenced by most right-wing and extremist elements of American society. Well, Josie's not an anarchist either, so that's not true. We, we both believe in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and our founding documents. We just wish we'd get back to them. So I think I pretty much dismissed... Um, then, then Warren tries to start a race war. He says, Josie, there was a time when Anglo-Americans, uh, I guess that'd be me, uh, didn't even want people like you, in other words, a brown person, <laughs> Hispanic, uh, to come here. But yet it was Americans with, with my mindset, his mindset, that fought to change those attitudes. Yeah, well, you're trying to resegregate the country there, Warren, <laughs> especially when you think you can't be a racist. That's insane. Anybody can be a racist. All you have to do is hate somebody of another race. So the only people that can't be racist are people that don't have a race, when you think about it. Which is kind of interesting, actually. All right, back to um, back to the surrender, and so the uh, the big surrender. Uh, what I'm calling. Let me see if I can get to go to live chat and get my title of the show here. So the title of the show today: The Dead Deal from Hell by Kevin McDeepstate, that's Kevin McCarthy, and Illegal Brandon, and that's Joe Biden. In case anybody was wondering, that's who I'm talking about. So you've got two illegal folks. Well, not illegal. But so you got Illegal Brandon and uh, Kevin McDeepstate acting illegally. I don't think it's constitutional. Let's go right out of the bat. I asked this question to Brianna and Catherine earlier in the show. I don't think it's constitutional for the Speaker of the House to be negotiating with the President on legislation. It's up to the Congress to pass legislation and the President to either sign it or veto it. But the President doesn't get in on the negotiations. It's even worse when the President isn't even the President. So you've got an illegal occupant of the White House negotiating with the Speaker of the House uh, over something that the entire Congress hasn't considered yet. Well, that's not constitutional. We have, we have constitutional due process. I mean, all legislation uh, has to go through the Congress before it gets to the president. All revenue bills have to start in the House. That's the way it works. That's in the Constitution. So this whole process is unconstitutional. So, why, so the first thing I would say, if I were like Bob Massey or, or Matt Gates or any of the other folks who are – I don't know if Matt's objected to it yet. I'll take a look and, and check my emails. He sends out you know, notices and stuff. But uh, any of the representatives, um, you know, are they saying, wait a minute, you can't do that? I, uh, no one said, though, yeah, I haven't heard it yet, but no one's voting against this debt deal from hell um, because the speaker can't negotiate with the president. It's unconstitutional. They just came to that revelation last night, put it in the show this morning. Um, but that's, that's a problem. So here's the debt deal from hell. 
So this comes from Zero Hedge. Let me get the other day of the article. Uh, It's, of course, by Tyler Durden, who's the character from Fight Club. Uh, This is uh, Sunday, May 28th. So this would have been two days ago. Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy savaged. uh, Kevin caved is what the headline is in the article. Kevin caved, McCarthy savaged over a debt ceiling deal. Well, it's not a debt ceiling if they raise it, right? It's a debt elevator. (laughs) It was one direction, up. So here are the provisions of the deal. So Zero Hedge tells us the deal says the deal raises the debt ceiling by roughly $4 trillion. That alone is irrational. That alone is reason enough to vote against it. So now you've got two reasons. You've got two reasons to vote against this bill. One, that it was negotiated illegally by the Speaker of the House and the non-president. That's the first reason. Even if it was negotiated by a, a, a legal president, it would still be illegal because they, they've, uh, you know, axed the House out of the process in the Senate. They're not even in the process. So $4 trillion uh, negotiated by people that cannot negotiate um, on legislation until legislation's out. Then it says, and it's consistent with the, uh, with the structure budget deal struck in 2015, 2018, 2019, which simultaneously raised the debt limit. Again, there is no, they call it, well, it says debt limit as opposed to debt ceiling. There is no debt ceiling. Uh, that's part of the problem here. In fact, there's a totally corrupt Democrat who got on and said, well, we should just use the 14th Amendment and raise the debt ceiling anytime we want. And we don't even need uh, Congress. Well, that's not true. The 14th Amendment is not justification for raising the, the national debt. That's just, that's irrational. That's insane. And yet they're trying, they're trying to make that claim. So that's the first provision, $4 trillion over two years of increased debt. That is economic suicide. That is economic treason. Second point, according to a GOP one-pager on the deal, it includes a rollback of non-defense discretionary spending to fiscal year 2022 levels while capping top-line federal spending to 1% annual growth for six years. I don't even know what that means. Okay, so non-defense discretionary spending. Okay, so non-defense is anything that's not defense. Discretionary is anything that's not mandatory, Social Security, Medicare, things like that. That's not a lot. You know, if you take out the defense budget and you take out the entitlements that are, that are, that are mandated by law, there's not a lot of money left. So they're going to cap that to fiscal year 2022. That's last year. So you have a horrendously out-of-whack out of budget with uh, trillions of dollars in extra COVID spending. That's your cap. That's insane. This is while capping top-line federal spending to 1% annual growth for six years. I don't even know what top-line federal spending is. But do you think you're going to cap this to 1% growth? Inflation's higher than that. You know, 1% growth when you've got, what, 4 or 5% inflation? That means the federal government's losing 4 to 5% of its, uh, 3 or 4% of its purchasing power. I don't think that's going to fly. Then it says, after 2025, there are no budget caps. Oh, great, they don't even have a debt ceiling. So the purpose of the debt ceiling arrangement was to destroy the idea of a debt ceiling. That's not going to work either. This is only non-enforceable appropriations targets. Non-enforceable. Not enforceable. So, so whereas we have appropriations bills that won't for now they're going to have non-enforceable appropriations targets. We're going to try. This is, this is the, we're going to give it our best shot. This is the, uh, well, if it feels good, we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll try it. We'll let you know. You know so, and we didn't make it. Oh, my bad. We didn't make it. It was unenforceable anyway. So it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> Please. Then it says defense thing be in line with what? Illegal Brandon, my words, requested in a 2024 budget proposal. Roughly $900 billion. Oh, that's interesting. It says the deal fully funds Medicare, uh, medical care for veterans, including the Toxic Exposure Fund uh, through the Bipartisan PACT Act. I'm not sure what the PACT Act is. Uh, 
So the agreement increases the age for which food stamp recipients must seek work to be eligible from 49 to 54, but also includes reforms to expand who is eligible. So in other words, they made more people eligible for food stamps, but they have to work until 54, um, you know, before they can get food stamps and not work. Well, considering the retirement age is 62, you're sort of missing some years there. Okay. So since you get Social Security, you know, partial at 62, why didn't they raise the age of food stamp work until 62? You would think. So they gave a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of gift. At least it's not as bad as it was at 49. Then it says claws back tens of billions in unspent COVID-19 funds. What does the term claws back mean? I've never heard that. Does that mean returns to the Treasury? And if it does mean return to the Treasury, why didn't they say so? I don't, I don't know what claws back uh, tens of billions in unspent COVID-19 means. And tens of billions is nothing because they spent trillions. So tens of billions of dollars, when they spent trillions of dollars, a billion is 1,000 of a trillion. A million is 1,000 of a billion. Okay? I got noise outside my window. That's okay. I'll carry on the show. So if you've got a, uh, a million, a billion is 1,000 millions. And a trillion is a thousand billions. You got a thousand times a thousand for the difference between a million and a trillion. So if you got tens of billions, that's not a whole lot bigger when a, when a trillion is a thousand billions. Fascinating. Then it says cuts IRS funding without nixing the full eighty billion dollars approved last year. So where did they cut IRS funding? Don't know yet. According to the GOP, an unreliable source, the deal will nix the total fiscal year 23 staffing funding requests for new IRS agents, according to the GOP. Well, that's not worth anything. Nix. Why did they just say cut? What do you mean nix? So in other words, are they going to be spending money on the 87,000 IRS agents or not? Now, I wouldn't mind spending them the money on 87,000 IRS agents if they were detailed over to ICE. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, that's where they should be. In fact, all 287,000 armed bureaucrats should go over to ICE to get rid of illegal aliens. That's another story. Then it says the deal includes energy permitting reform demanded by Republicans and Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia. Uh, uh, Okay, so energy permitting reform. Now, that doesn't mean streamlining and allowing for quick access so that we can get our oil back. It just is reform. Well, that's, that's, what, that's Washington speak for. I'm probably not going to do much. <laughs> you know, then it says no new taxes, according to McCarthy. Well, the old taxes are bad enough. We need a cut in taxes. You know, back to the Trump taxes, away from the Brandon taxes. Anyway, that's the deal. Uh, that's a stupid deal for all the reasons I've just been over. All right. Hmm. Let's go to, I'm trying to think which article. Let's go to uh, my, uh, now nah, let's go to my Peter Navarro article. This pretty much uh, sums it up. Let me, uh, to play something interesting, just for for a minute, you know, let's just do a little. Do 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 do. I've been talking a lot. I'm gonna play for you guys. Keep a quick break. Let's let's go to. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have some my commercials here real quick. What time is it now? Nine twenty-two. Nine twenty-two. We'll get them in. I'll take a break and I'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. 
Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Gravecare, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. And we're back for the last 
33 minutes of the show. That's okay. I got some articles here sort of describing um, what I've been talking about. So I'm going to kind of plow through these here. Anybody wants to join me, 215-383-3832. Uh, you're also welcome to uh, check in on live chat. Um, and see, let me check back and see what's going on there. Okay, so nobody knew on live chat. Yeah, uh, Warren's, uh, excuse me, Marco. <laughs> Marco's still there in uh, um, Netherlands. Warren's there too, but he's got a bunch of comments on there. So I'd be more interested in Marco's comments and other people's as we kind of uh, share the wealth around here. So Peter Navarro. Um, it's interesting that he's been commenting a lot on this whole budget deal. And what I find interesting is that he was on the show. He was on the show last, I think, uh, October before the 2022 midterms. And I've been making comments on his Substacks. Uh, I have a Substack column too at gregpenglis.substack.com. And I've been commenting on uh, our constitutional amendment to balance, no, excuse me, start again, Greg, <laughs> that was wrong. Constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. So what it says basically is that uh, Article 1, Section 8, which is the Congress powers, where Article 1, Section 8, the first clause says Congress shall have the power to, and then the next clause it says um, borrow money on the credit of the United States. And so what I do is take out that sentence in my amendment saying that Congress cannot borrow money on the credit of the United States, and then I add the section, uh, nor can print money uh, greater than revenues. So in other words, they can't print, they can't put more money uh, into circulation than they actually have in the Treasury. Uh, and so that would be an interesting way to, uh, okay, you got the money? Yeah, you can print a little bit more because you actually have the money uh, in the treasury. If you don't have it in the treasury, you can't print it. So in other words, they can't create inflation uh, by simply printing money. And they don't even have to borrow. They would, just, they would create inflation just by printing it and saying, well, but you can't do it. And this would stabilize the currency. Now, I'm gonna check, I want to check with uh, Stephen Moore uh, about that provision of the, um, of the bill. But uh, I think that's probably the best way to do it. If someone has a better way, we just put it in. Because uh, this is the Constitution we're talking about, after all, so we don't want to uh, put anything in that's going to cause problems or grief later on. So the latest article, uh, which was from yesterday, he actually wrote this on Memorial Day, the Biden-McCarthy, or as I call it, the uh, McDeep State illegal Brandon, <laughs> Memorial Weekend Surrender, uh, institutionalizes stagflation. So uh, Peter Navarro, senior Trump advisor on trade, on China. Uh, is an economics professor. He's got a PhD plus, you know, whatever else. Um, I think he taught Harvard. I think he got it from Harvard, and he may have taught from Harvard also. Anyway, I've been making a whole bunch of comments on his articles with the Constitutional Amendment to take the power of Congress to borrow money, and they're getting some pretty good response. So I'm hoping Peter will notice it and go, oh, huh, I know you. <laughs> I was on your show. <laughs> well, maybe we should talk about this. That's what I'm hoping. We'll see what happens. All right. He says, some politicians make history by caving so quickly to Joe Biden. Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy has chosen to be a footnote. <laughs> That's such a great line. Some politicians, let me start again. Some politicians make history by caving so quickly to Joe Biden. Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has chosen to be a footnote. Historians will mark McCarthy's Memorial Weekend surrender, kind of like uh, Brandon's surrender to the Taliban, uh, Memorial Weekend surrender, not as uh, an important, courageous and prescient turning point, but it's just one more political misstep towards a prolonged war with stagflation. Stagflation, he defines as simultaneous slow growth or recession plus inflation. It's not a good combination. Like the 1970s, the Biden regime's stagflation, or as I call it, illegal Brandon, uh, stagflation we are now witnessing has both demand pull and cost push components. Okay, this is, this is, this is economic, uh, economist speak. All right. So they, 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 they talk about when they talk about inflation, it's either demand pull. So in other words, there's a greater demand pulling up prices or there's a cost push. There's an increased cost, cost pushing up prices. But in reality, inflation is I wish you would have explained this. Inflation 
is the amount of dollars in circulation. So the more dollars you have, and we've explained this several times on the show, the more dollars you have, um, the, um, the, the less each dollar is worth. Well, it's like, it's like you, you know, you think of the pizza pie. I use it as a pizza pie. So if a pizza pie represents the whole economy and you've got eight pieces you know, of, of pizza, right? You got eight pieces, you got an extra large. Let's make it extra. Let's make it large because we're, we're going to count for growth in here. Right? So you got a pizza pie with a large pizza with eight slices. And you say, I want to have, I want to have slices. So you cut each, uh, you cut it so there's 16 slices. And you go, great, look, I've just doubled. I've doubled my pizza from eight slices to 16 slices. Well, have you got more pizza? No, because now you because each slice is now half the size it was before. That's the same thing. If you double the amount of dollars in the economy, each dollar then becomes worth fifty cents. Even though it says dollar on it, it's not a dollar that buys a dollar's worth anymore. It only buys fifty cents. So what have you done? Well, if, if a dollar only buys fifty cents, you need two dollars for what used to cost a dollar. Well, that's inflation. <laughs> that's the price rise because of inflation. That's what it is. And so this this nonsense that and then it gets worse that inflation is caused by borrowing money. Because when they borrow money, they have to print money to cover the money they borrowed. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how that works, but they print money. They print gobs of money. And so because they print gobs of money and just release it into the, current, and release it into the economy, uh, it actually helps the government because when a million, let's say, let's say a trillion dollars worth of debt, all right, um, it costs, it has a certain value when a dollar is worth so much. But if you put a bunch more dollars in to the economy, that trillion dollars represents a smaller portion of debt because that trillion dollars is now a trillion was a lot more dollars out there. And of course, each dollar is worth less. So it's easier to pay back that trillion because it's not worth as much. So, so you're actually lowering your debt by increasing the amount of dollars out there. So that $10, you know, burger, <laughs> dare I say, right, inflation, right? So you got a $10 burger. You know, and uh, all of a sudden they put half as much money into the economy. That $10 burger goes to 15, even though it's the same burger. Burger has the same value, but the money's worth less. That's how it works. Let's get Pianchi in the conversation, see what he has to say about uh, the, the debt deal from hell, as I call it. The, uh, uh, yeah, the debt deal from hell by Kevin McDeepstate. That's hard to say, by the way. McDeepstate and Illegal Brandon. Pianchi, what do you think? Well, the analogy with the pizza is a very good one. It, uh, Thank you makes it easier for the general population to understand it because of their affiliations with pizza. But well, everybody, you know, everybody knows pizza. That's why I use it. It's such a great yeah. – I, I love that example, by the way, and that's why I use it because everybody can visualize, you know, if you cut more slices, you don't get more pie. You have to order an extra large if you want more pie, and that would be like a growing economy. So if you make the economy grow, then your eight pieces of pizza are actually worth more because those eight pieces are larger in a larger economy. So your dollar actually buys more if you increase the economy and keep the number of pieces the same. In other words, if you keep the dollar amount, the number of dollars the same, and you increase the, the wealth of the economy in the country, uh, a gross domestic product, then your dollars are actually worth more. And so prices go down because you can buy more with those dollars. That's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. The way to make, you have to have production and manufacturing. Mm-hmm. to make the economy grow. And what we have now is very little of that. And uh, the physical strenuous work mm-hmm. that used to go into a job uh, years ago, decades ago, mm-hmm. is no longer there. 
Uh, well, here's the, an interesting the, point. No, no, you've, you've raised a, a huge issue. I don't even know if you did. But if you figure that uh, AI, artificial intelligence, robots, most of manufacturing is now done by robots and lasers and computer design equipment and all kinds of things. My, my beautiful uh, G&L guitarist used to be handmade. Now they're made on the machine. Now, it's great for uniformity and it's great for cost, but it's not so good because I don't have the individual craftsperson. Uh, the Colt Python uh, 357 Magnum used to be hand fitted by experts. That's why it took so long to get one and they were expensive. They were as good as human beings could create. Now they're done on a machine. Of course, I still like to have one, but there's a difference. They can make more of them and they, they cost less because the unit cost is, is lower. So the question is, if you have more and more illegal aliens and fewer and fewer jobs because all the manufacturing is done by, by uh, CDC and uh, AI and things like that, then what the hell's going on here? So uh, why do we have illegal aliens when the jobs are actually reducing? We actually need fewer people. Not only do we need to kick out all the illegal aliens, we need to stop bringing in so many immigrants, legal immigrants, that it may be 100,000 a year. Or well, something. yeah, you should, the policy right? should be like that of Mexico or the president, the executive, can expel people at will. And you're absolutely right. Uh, passion is not a reason to let individuals come into your country avoiding uh, the law. It's the country of laws. Always have been. Uh, feel good and passion, all that stuff is subjective. The fact is that it's law. But the most critical thing as far as the debt is concerned is the interest mm-hmm. of the debt. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to remember the interest Let's go over those again. So tell me the debt. Tell me the interest on the debt. Tell me uh, uh, any of the other figures you wanted to uh, release because this would be a good time to, to tell people just how bad it really is. Or according to the Office of Management and Budget, the Budget and Management, <laughs> the interest in four years will be uh, they say $914 billion, whereas mm-hmm. other sources say it would go close to like $1.72 trillion. Now, that's more than 20% of the revenue of the country, which would be somewhere around uh, $5.6 uh, trillion. And that's there. So if- and it's sustainable. Yeah. So 1.75. Let's do some quick math here. I'm going to get rid of my calculator. I'm not good at math. But if I divide um, 1.75, 1.75. That's 146% of the gross domestic product. It's 30%. It's 30% of the budget. the interest. Yeah. So 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 thirty so let's think this through. So if, so if 1.75 trillion is the interest on the debt, and we take in $6 trillion in revenue, that represents 30% of the federal budget, just the interest on the debt. Now, to me, that's dead money. That's wasted money. That's empty money because it's not buying anything. It's not buying anything productive. It's not buying anything services. It's not taking care of infrastructure. It's not going to Americans. It's just interest on money that was borrowed so the government could borrow more money. So you want to talk about an unpaid obligation. So if 30% goes to interest, fence is what? It's not even a trillion dollars. So this is this is about let's say it's a trillion dollars. So that'd be about twenty five percent. Now we're up to like forty five percent. Social Security, Medicare, you know, take up most of the budget. There is no discretionary budget. It's gone. <laughs> you know. So well, yeah, because people will 
Yeah. People will be retiring and looking forward to what they paid into in those benefits. Mm-hmm. And another thing you may mention, which is true, is automation in the form of artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, apparatuses become more prevalent, well, they're going to replace an actual worker that mm-hmm. is paying into the revenue of the country. So mm-hmm. revenue will drop, whereas interest will continue to increase, and that's just unsustainable. Well, it's, it's economic suicide and economic treason. I mean, that's what I've called it, you know, because you figure uh, that uh, it's economic suicide because it's going to crash. Um, do you remember that interview I played with Walter Williams, you know, he, when he was alive? Um, back in 2017, and I, I think he died maybe 2018, 2019. I'm not sure exactly when. I was really privileged to talk to him. And I asked him that question. In fact, I've asked any, every economist, uh, Mark Thornton, when he was on from Mises, I asked him all the same question. How much national debt can the United States uh, take on before the economy collapses? And nobody knows. And then the follow-up question is, well, if nobody knows, why are we taking on more debt? <laughs> you, know, you don't want to get to that point where the economy collapses. That's the whole point of this. Well, there's a formula that your your that your debt ratio between debt and gross domestic property shouldn't get over one to one because if it's one to one, that means that you mm-hmm. owe as much as you're making. Mm-hmm. But when it goes over one to one, then it means that you owe more than what you're making, and there's no light at the up. end of the tunnel in that scenario. Yeah. It's like a company town. Remember we talked about company towns where people are paid in the script and they make less money than it costs to live. So they're, they're continually becoming more in debt to the, to the company. Our national debt is like, a, is like a national company town where the entire nation involuntarily is being held hostage to a debt that we didn't vote for that is gradually taking over more and more of the economy in empty spending. Except that we know who Absolutely. the national debt goes to. Yeah. So who? So do you know who owns the national debt? I mean, I'm asking this for the for the audience more than anything else. But who owns the national debt? Well, the debt is your Social Security, Medicare. Uh, no, that's not who owns the debt. To, no, those are entitled. Those well, are those America, are necessary expenditures. America's on the national debt because you have to take the population. The debt is divided by the population, and each individual. Citizen, and also it's a figure for taxpayer. That's who the debt is going to fall on. Well, yes, and no. I mean, yes, we pay taxes, but the the debt is actually owned by anybody who has treasury bills, treasury bonds, treasuries. Treasuries are issued to cover the national debt. So whether China owns them, or the Rockefellers own them, or George Soros owns them, or Argentina owns them, whoever owns our our treasury bills owns our national debt. Mostly, it's owned by American individuals and companies who've invested in treasury bills. We should talk to Derek about this. He knows, he knows how to talk about this better on, on Friday. Well, but the is, debt is owned by Americans primarily. Your debt is when you take your revenue mm-hmm. and from your revenue, you subtract what your expenditures are. Right. Now, if your expenditures is larger than your revenue, say you Revenue is ten million. Your expenditures is fifteen million. Where you five million deficit, mm-hmm. and that deficit amount goes over into what's called a debt column. And the only way that you can eliminate is either cut your spending or have more revenue, discretionary revenue that can pay down the debt. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you another question, too. It's something I didn't think of until you know, fairly close before the show this morning, that this whole negotiation – I'm always surprised I don't think of these things earlier – but this whole negotiation was illegal. It was unconstitutional because the Speaker of the House cannot unilaterally negotiate with the president, especially when the president's illegal. We'll take that up in a minute. But even if it were a legal president, the Speaker of the House and the president cannot negotiate a budget deal because all revenue bills originate in the House, and the Congress has to pass a bill before it goes to the president. They don't negotiate with the president. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that uh, the House and the Senate shall negotiate their bills before passing them. They pass them independently. That's, that's against the separation of powers. That's against our federalism. That's against a bunch of things. I'm surprised the Supreme Court. Well, I'm not surprised the Supreme Court didn't like say, hey, wait a minute, guys, you can't do that. You know, it has to go through the House first, then to the Senate, then maybe a conference, and then they have to pass a budget, and then it goes to Brandon, or illegal Brandon. So this process is wrong. What do you think about that? Well, I think what, what you got going on now, you had a team that was negotiating with the White House. In their team. Well, why were they, why were they negotiating? Well, what's the purpose of that? Because they don't agree. No, but why though? Why do you negotiate at all? Why not just pass a bill? Why do they have well, to negotiate with the White House? Have, because you got you got people that's going to vote on the bill may like it, and then you got people that's going to vote on the bill may not like it. So you have to come to an impasse between but you're those pre, two. But you're but you're pre-negotiating. See, here's here's my contention. This is, this is what I was kind of trying to get to that the president has the option to veto or to sign a bill. There is no bill at this point. That's the way it works. So well, all legislation what they, what they comes from the Congress. Got to go to the Senate. Right. Yeah, well, whatever it was negotiated got to go to the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, my contention is, is that there shouldn't be no raising of the debt cell. There should be a cutting of the spending. Oh, I agree with you. Because I mean, obviously, I've said so. Raising the debt bill means that this problem, which exists today, mm-hmm. is just going to be furthered on down the road. Well, let me ask you the question of the I call it the fallacy of, or the I was talking about false equivalencies earlier with Warren. He says that well, we're only going to allow the debt ceiling to increase if we cut spending. Well, my contention is, if you can cut spending, why are you even considering raising the debt ceiling? Okay. Well, they talk because the president has promises that he made that's costing money. Or should I say that party, the Democratic Party? No, the Congress. The Congress made the obligations. Made. Congress. Congress spends the money. President signs the budget, allowing for the the final expenditure, but the Congress actually creates the bills. Yeah, but Congress only works in the unit when everybody agree. If they don't well, agree, they independently. Congress consists of both parties. You got one party that wants, for instance, a student loan uh, paid off. You got mm-hmm. another part that the same party wants rep. All that stuff is going to cost money. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you can pay for it when you don't have the revenue is raise the debt and print more money. No, you cut the, the money that you print is going to go into the debt column. It's not going yeah. into the revenue column. Well, the money that you print in- increases uh, inflation, lowers the value of money. The more money that's printed, the lower the value, requiring the more money. Absolutely. So you can turn, you can turn your, your, your $5 trillion debt into $7 trillion simply by uh, uh, increasing the amount of money out there, making the, the $5 trillion debt worth uh, less. You know, it, it's fascinating. Uh, Marco has to take off. Thanks, Marco.
You have a great day too. So Marco's in the Netherlands. He's always checking in with us, you know, at least most days, um, which is kind of cool. Um, you can tell me what you think of all this tomorrow, Marco. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting day. But, but the thing is, if you can cut spending, which of course they can, then why would you even think of negotiating? See, here's what I think. This is, this is, this is, this is all about avoiding a veto. So in other words, they don't want to brand a veto. But that's not the, that's not the point because they can override a veto. So they're negotiating because they don't want a veto. They don't want the government shut down and they don't want to get blamed for it. So notice the Republicans surrender first and then they negotiate and then they get nothing. So first they surrender by giving up, you know, the possibility of an override uh, by, by thinking they'll be blamed for the government shutting down. And so they give all that up. So this is why this is such a surrender because they give up the ability um, to, to do the bill themselves. They give up the possibility of overriding which they may not get, but they probably won't actually, but that doesn't matter. They still have to put forward the best bill. And if Brandon wants to uh, take responsibility for busting the budget yet again, then it's on him. And if the government shuts down, then it shuts down. But Republicans well, you know are such cowards. Yeah, but they're such cowards are so afraid. The thing that complicated them is yeah. each predicament that we're on. You got the okay. Ukraine, then the further antagonizing of Russia with the blowing up a pipeline and so on and so on and so on. After you left out of Afghanistan, everything should have went to pause, zero. But you continue to cause strife, which cause animosity, and you have uh, these countries now making moves which will further implement the U.S. dollar into a catastrophic position. Another thing, too, mm-hmm. every time that this debt goes up, Asians cheer huh. because they know that, that there is a war that's going on. The weapons that's being used, the United States are actually creating against itself. Yeah. Spending has to be cut. It should have been cut. It shouldn't be raising. It should be cut. If so why wasn't that the position? If you yeah. on paying your bills, you should have never made that deal. Well, see, that's the real problem. They made, they spent money illegally above the debt ceiling, and now they're stuck with it. So the problem that is, they, is they a problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a problem. But it's, it's an illegal problem when you think about it, because those are not legitimate expenses. So if Congress approves spending above the debt limit, which was the law, and Brandon signed, of course, Brandon's illegal anyway, but just just assume he's legal for a bit. So Brandon signed budget bills that were above the debt ceiling, then they both broke the law. So now they're trying to cover their well, asses by raising the debt ceiling say, for the, their illegal spending. You can say it's illegal, but it's the interpretation of certain uh, certain, certain things, like the health and welfare clause of the 14th Amendment. They say, well, we need to spend this because that's what – well, that's a misinterpretation. And misinterpretation allows you to spend, or should I say print, money is spent for something that uh, you shouldn't be spending on. Yeah, besides the general welfare clause means that laws apply generally. They don't apply specifically. So in other words, they have to be for everybody's welfare. So special interest, So the general welfare clause means you can't have special interest legislation. In other words, that actually uh, prohibits making uh, vaccine manufacturers have no liability for their products, making other companies have liability. That also goes against equal protection. So, so that's what general wealth, that's what the general welfare clause. Now, the preamb- preamble, uh, it's just a preamble. It's not law. The law starts with Article One. 
but there is another general welfare clause. Uh, it says promote the general welfare uh, in article in the preamble. And then I think it says provide for the general welfare. And that's where people get confused. So let me just go back here and take a quick look. Well, the thing is, is that those uh-huh. are excuses that should not exist. Yeah. The whole okay. thing gets down to uno number one. You shouldn't spend what you don't have. And yeah. when you spend what you don't have, you're putting yourself in a precarious position because there's no guarantee that your future revenue will cover what you're spending today. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. No, and the other thing, too, is we have a treasury. I mean, why don't they save? Save for a rainy day like the rest of us do. This idea that they can just the treasury you know, should be doing the responsibility that you assign mm-hmm. to the federal reserve well and exactly we, there should be no federal reserve you don't need a federal reserve when you have a treasury it, it should make it obsolete but remember what we were talking about earlier in the show i don't know if you're if you're able to listen then but we were talking about the cbdc the the, the central bank digital currency and if the government, the Fed, controls everybody's account. They also control the, the accounts of Congress. They control the accounts of government. And they can transfer money anywhere they want. They can tell Congress, you can't spend money on this. We're just going to transfer it away and, and give it to something else. We're going to take your border wall money, and we're going to give it to climate change. They can do that if they control all the currency. Yet another and reason to make it illegal. capacity would be unconstitutional. That's of course what kind You know, you can have all the laws you want. They don't pay no yep. attention to laws. You need to have something card in stone that you can bring everybody back to, and that would be constitutional amendment. If you don't have a constitutional amendment, then all bets is off. You can do what well, they want. I'm always, I'm always leery of making constitutional amendments. I've only ever proposed, I think, maybe two, and the only one I'm proposing now. The Congress to do it, and they're not going to do it. No, I know they're not going to do it. It's going to take the states. No, I believe that. Now, here's a, here's a question, too, and this I don't know the answer to, which is unusual, but the procedure in Congress or the procedure for amending the Constitution is that it has to go to a convention of states or it has to originate the Congress. But what I'm wondering is, can the states pre-approve? Can the, can the states ratify a constitutional amendment before it goes to the Congress? No, you can't because that's like printing money that you don't, for, for assets you don't have. Okay. So then my way around it was to pass resolutions. So I'm, I'm trying to, now we disagree on the convention of states. I don't, I don't want to talk about that, but yet we can do that another time. Um, Cause you've got a valid point on it. But if the states proposed a resolution that says we resolve, we want this to happen, that the Congress shall pass a constitutional amendment, taking away their power to borrow money, it wouldn't have the effect of law, but it might have enough political effect that they might actually do it, especially if millions upon millions of people said, yeah, we're not going to vote for anybody that, that won't take away the, their borrowing power because that's what's gotten us, that's what has us in all this millions trouble. Of people, millions of people that's already receiving some for nothing and not going to vote against it. That's human nature. Yeah, but if you tell people that it's all going to come crashing down, they're not going to get anything if the government goes broke. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. And they yeah, really don't true. care. Hmm. That's too bad. <laughs> you know, when, when the, the checks stop coming, people are going to start carrying a whole lot, and by then it's too late. That's the problem. Yeah, a lot of people going to die. It's not going to be uh, 
food. You can't use the grocery store as your cover or your freezer. That's what people use grocery stores for today. They only go in there and buy a pack of hot dogs rather than buying hot dogs that's going to last them for six months. Yeah, buy in bulk, yeah. And they have to make sure that it don't spoil, so they just use the store freezer. You know, only buy one pack at a time. So those things are going to hurt. Uh, pensions is going to be is going to is going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it all makes sense. I just think for many reasons this is a bad deal, and I'm curious to see what happens with it because Congress, I believe, they're back in session. Either this week or maybe they're taking this week off. I'm not sure, but uh, it's a bad deal happens. because they shouldn't have raised the debt ceiling. That's yeah. the bad yeah. deal. This yeah. didn't happen a long time ago. Another bad deal was this damn COVID mess, mm-hmm. killing the economy. That's mm-hmm. dumb. That don't make no damn sense. Well, that, I, I've argued that was unconstitutional too because it was, uh, you know, first of all, it, they they defied the First Amendment because we couldn't get the information out on early treatments. Uh, the Fourth Amendment, you know, all the lockdowns, masks, seizures, closures were completely uh, against due process. You can't quarantine healthy people. I mean, there is a due process for quarantining sick people when they have symptoms of a, of a communicable disease and the doctor confirms that they have that disease. Then you can quarantine them. But instead, no, you can't. You that in, yeah, but who, whose responsibility to inform the public on that? The news well, media didn't do it. They've they done just the opposite. Yeah, no, they lied. Yeah. This gets back, well, this gets back to what Josie said. Mm-hmm. You got uh, different elements that's in this plot. I don't know what they expect to get out of it. I really don't. I want to know who Josie's looking to. I don't understand what to. they expect to get. See, what, they're, what they're trying to do is enrich themselves with what little dollars this, what dollars are yeah. floating around now. But when yeah. they stop, they're going to be in dire circumstance. Yeah, like I say, I want to know who Josie's listening to because I don't see Space Force running everything. I don't, you know, someone else was calling for military tribunals and no, all this other stuff. Like, no. that the attempts, the attempts to destroy the United States have been going on for quite some time. It has. Well, that is true. But I don't believe in fighting it. I don't believe in one dictatorship replacing another. Huh. Well, so we you have, uh, when you have civil strikes, when you have uh, civil panic, anything can happen. Any voice that comes along can stand up on the podium or the hill. Uh, they stand a chance of pulling to their ideology a group of people that will be against another group's ideology. Now you got civil strife. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening. You know, dividing everybody up by race, dividing everybody up by, you know, bringing millions of illegal aliens to screw up all the rest of our lives. Um, you know, and then doing the guilt trip of, whoa, you have to be compassionate. You have to let criminals in. That's compassionate. Well, what if they're bank robbers? Would that be compassionate? That'd be stupid. <laughs> you know, so I, I think of crim- illegal aliens, think of them as bank robbers or drug dealers, which... I'm sure a lot of them are, um, but that's not the, the Bible point. talks about putting walls around cities. I wonder what those yeah, tell me about that. Keep people in to keep people out. Yeah, it's yeah. all throughout the Bible. There's not no one passage. They talk about putting hell. Then what did uh, Joshua at the Battle of Jericho? Did he walk around a city wall, mm-hmm. a walled city, and the walls well, came so much... tumbling down? What? 
there's so much false Christianity out here. False Christianity is not letting millions of illegals into your country to destroy it, violating the laws. That's, that's not Christian. That's, that's crazy. You know, does Christianity talk about compassion? Absolutely. But does it talk about rewarding breaking of laws and ruining your country and sacrificing yourself in the process? No. We've got to get windy on this. It would be an interesting argument, but, you know. Anyway, we only got a little bit of time left. Uh, I pretty much summed it up. Any, any last point on this budget deal, which I think is horrible, uh, and I hope they, uh, they, it does not pass, you know, either, either House of Congress. I would hope that it don't pass. Yeah, but bottom line, do you think it will? I think it will pass, but it shouldn't pass. That's, what I, that's my prediction. It shouldn't pass. Now, if it do, I don't know. I'm seeing things I haven't ever seen before. You have too. So it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. pass. You shouldn't spend what you don't have. Yeah. I can't call up Bank America and tell them that well, my credit limit was 15000 and all of a sudden I got to uh, see a, a, something I want to buy for five. I can't call them up and say, hey, will you increase my uh, credit limit to 20000 and they have the information on whether or not you are able to sustain it. If you can't sustain right. it, then they're going to say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's worse than that. It's like saying if you have a $15,000 credit limit and you buy a $20,000 boat and you sign the papers, you know, you sign the contracts, you sign everything, and then when it comes to, to dropping your credit card, you call up your credit card company and say, look, I'm already obligated. I bought this boat. I signed the contracts and everything. You have to raise my credit limit to 20000 to cover this boat. Otherwise, I'll, I'll default on my obligations. That's what they're saying. They're buying the boat, you know, and then raising the national debt to pay for the boat. Whereas they should do what they should say is what the credit card company would say. No, your credit limit is fifteen thousand. And they don't have contract on the collateral boat. because you're already forty six percent beyond your gross domestic product. Your gross right. domestic product is your collateral. If it's not there. Because of lack of production, lack of manufacturing, it's not there. So yep. what collateral are you going to use? People houses? People houses are no more worth than what somebody's willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why they keep raising the debt. So they keep printing money. It's, it's all artificial. And sooner or later, this is going to be uh, what we'll see. But I think we, we'll see what happens. I, you know, every time I post the, the uh, constitutional amendment to uh, take away the power of Congress to, to borrow money, it gets a whole bunch of likes on all these different sub-stacks where I'm, I'm posting it. Well, yeah. Um, when I talk to people about COS, and that's one of the, of the three proposals now that the states have joined on to, they like that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, they want, to balance, they, they want a balanced budget amendment. That's different than uh, taking away the power of Congress to borrow money. And you know the biggest difference? Well, you got incidents when people have argued there will come times when you would have to borrow money just like Lincoln did during the Civil War. I mean, we talked about that before. You don't know. You might have aliens that come in and wage war against them. might do something there. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, I, I would argue there's never a need to borrow money um, to wage a war. That's what the treasury is for. Uh, you can sell war bonds. You can raise private money. There's all kinds of things that can be done. You can yeah, increase you can taxes. Have people that can battle, people that you can battle borrow war bonds. Yeah, yeah, but you don't have to borrow money, you know. Right. And as I, what's that? I say it's got the team. Yeah, but I, I would argue that uh, you know, if a country declares war on us and fires the missiles, the last thing Congress is going to do is meet and borrow money. 
it's, it's too late for that at that point. All right, sir. Let's uh, let's wrap it up yeah. for today. Back this tomorrow morning. Time a war can last for uh-huh. at least thirty days, sixty days before Congress votes on. That's not, that's not legal either. That's not legal either. I mean, they passed the War Powers Act, but that's you know, as far as I know, that's unconstitutional. We'll take that up sometime. You know, this whole idea of uh, right. money. You know, going to Sudan and, and Ukraine. Here's the thing, too. Why, uh, there's another question for another day. Is why the hell we're you know they immediately race from Afghanistan to Ukraine, immediately start up another war. It's like we always have to be at war somewhere, and that's the problem. All right, sir. Thank you very much. We'll talk tomorrow, sure. probably. All right. Take care. All right. So this has been an interesting day. Uh, again, Catherine Arnett joined us in the first hour. Uh, Josie and I were talking in the second hour. We had Warren, you know, display his <laughs> particular political persuasion. Uh, and then we talked to economics in the last hour. So this has been good. I um, don't really have anything else to play um, other than our musical theme for Tuesday, which I'm going to look up here real quickly. Uh, we always like to end with a classical piece. Ah, there we go. And so uh, it's been fun. It's been great. And we will see you all tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, with our Wednesday show. Uh, we should have – it's going to be pretty open, so I might have a, a WEBY feature for you. But it, we've got um, Wendy Arthur with uh, the Oh My God Report. And then Thursday we have CJ with the Wellness Report. And Friday is pretty open, too. A lot of the week is open. I'm looking for some more reporters, but we'll, we'll take care of that um, as it goes. Anyway, um, so our, our show here, excuse me, the main website for the show is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen. The other uh, website for our legislative site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. Uh, and then my substack, gregpenglis.substack.com. And, of course, the, the other site, my, my public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. There we go. Play a little classical music, and we'll see you all tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, and we'll do it again then. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.